Hello, everyone. Welcome to Frame Trap and the long-awaited return of Brandon Jones. Yay! Two Frame Traps specifically. Two Frame Traps specifically. I've been yes. here in this dimension that has yes. never been around. Yeah. To specifically. No, talk if you're not on Frame Trap, you're in another dimension, dude. My um, yeah. My gaming has been sparse and sporadic, <laughs> but came back in a big way in the last couple weeks. I'm excited. Nice, 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 nice. And Michael Damiani. Yo yo yo. Um, Damiani, we've got some. Um, Things to talk about, which I'm very excited about. Um, really curious to get your thoughts. Uh, but we will get into it. Before we go any further, Brandon, I feel like I haven't like sat down and talked with you <laughs> in a long time. So just how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I get to spend a lot of time at home with the mm-hmm. fam. Just had a rough year. My, my son was in the hospital for a little bit for all sorts of varied reasons. I feel bad because some people like have most of the info and they reached in they're like I just uh, there's this one gap what what's that gap and I'm like the part I'm not telling you and they're like mm-hmm. oh okay cuz just for his sake he's not you know mm-hmm. it's going to be 3 in a month and a half but hasn't had a chance to really like talk about this socially and I don't want to like put him in a scenario where he's like whoa a lot of people got a story that I wasn't really caught up on cuz I'm only 3 mm-hmm. but uh he's super great he's very inspiring like Amanda and I are doing great just like tired it was just wild but uh got yeah, got partners sure. in crime to to back me up during all of it and so one of the big things, I mean, in terms of this show is like there was a bit there I couldn't even watch like movies because it was everything during the day was so dramatic. Yeah. And I would like get home and I'm like, it's not even like stamina. I'm just kind of not interested to like have somebody spin a yarn. <laughs> like, no, I'm I've good. definitely like, yeah, I felt that way for sure. Because doctors are fascinating people and the yeah. way the hospital worked. There's just so much that was interesting about it that my brain was just kind of spent. It's like when you finish a big game, sometimes you don't play another game for a couple of days. Like if you yeah. can, you know, it doesn't happen always. But it really was like the last couple of weeks that like I started to really voraciously, you know, uh, consume like media again. Shout out to the Lord of the Rings trilogy extended. Never saw Two Towers or Return extended ever. Whoa. Just saw yeah. Fellowship. Whoa. And like made a point like let's go through all of it because like I would have days off. Amanda would be at the hospital, so I'm like, all right, if I'm just at home taking care of Sophie, I, I don't let's know. Let's do it. <laughs> I feel like I've seen. All the Lord of the Rings, at least a couple of times, if memory serves. But I've never seen the extended, and I've always meant to. It, yeah, uh, but Damn. it's cool. I, I thought everyone is. I know. Like, I, I feel uh, like yeah. everyone has had because yeah. I love those movies. And I had, yeah, Damian. I had no yeah. good reason at all not to just make the time for it. Maybe because I like didn't own them and they were on HBO. And I was just that like, was oh, here thing. we go. Like it was yeah. like each of them was like my Christmas present back when. Yeah, yeah like each Christmas that was like the big thing I asked yeah. for is the extended. I edition. had the DVDs of all the regular ones that I saw all of them in the theater. But yeah, just would mm. just go that day and just and, go watch them and be like, oh, that's different. Yeah. I was like yeah. so excited. And nothing but that. that sounds yeah. fun yeah. now. Yeah. I want to do that. It's so comforting, Ben. It's so well done, just across yeah. the board. And there was a lot of humor I didn't like in the trilogy, where I was just like, "Well, this gets goofy all of a sudden," and mm. it's because like, "Oh, there's 20 minutes taken out that like help a ton with these characters who've got to be funny." It's like there were so many comedic bits that were just that worked so much better in the grand scheme of things, and so many characters fleshed out in a way like, "Oh my god," you know, stuff I like thought I knew, but just to see it take place with these characters and this the way it was told it was very, very satisfying. So that was kind of like after a drought. I finally got to the ocean and just like <laughs> just just basked in Tolkien for a couple of days. That was nice. Nice, yeah, so. always a good time. Those movies are incredibly comforting and they're just yeah. so brilliant for sure. Uh, that is awesome. One of the games you were bringing, I, I knew because you had expressed interest in it. Like I think at some point last year or within the last couple of years, um, and it seems like maybe now is the perfect time to strike with Captain America Super we're, Soldier. We're starting with that? We're starting with uh, this. Because uh, I'm so curious. It's I told you, this is going to be a weird frame. Yeah. Show. 
Yeah. Okay, Captain America Super Soldier. I, I think we have to explain this because I bet a lot of people don't know this exists. I played on the Xbox 360. Yeah. I had yeah. to get a 360. This is not backwards compatible on any Xbox. Well, you had to buy a 360? I Well, I had the 360 in the office okay, that was okay. just like my old, it was the latest model 360. It was yeah. the one that just has direct HDMI, HDMI out. And Bossman and I talked about this for a long time, not to evoke Bossman, but he gave me the cop, the actual physical copy. I was like, oh, I think I like passed it on to somebody else who then gave it to me. And I was like, oh, well, clearly now is the time. Yeah. And he always talked it up. He was like, yeah, Chris Evans is in it. I guess like everybody's in it. All the voices sounded, I haven't looked up the IMDb page, but like it all, it sounded very authentic. This is, because you remember we got Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. Damiani remembers those. Oh, yeah. Uh, and those were both bad. And then we never got a Thor game. We and did we get got, a Thor game. We did get a Thor Sega game? Sega published a Thor there's game. There's a Sega one. I played, there's a Dude, handheld, and there's yeah. like, I played it like on Wii or something. Okay. Well. There was so, definitely right. a Thor game. I got to yeah. track this one down and play uh, the old Iron Man ones just to get a sense of kind of what the old days. Yeah, <laughs> before early Fortnite, MCU. Before Fortnite, these, this was all really we could do. And something like you know Ultimate Alliance 4, for all of its faults, is like kind of the best. In the, Ultimate Alliance 3, the but set. yes. Ultimate Alliance 3, right? Yeah. I think I'm waiting for four. Um, felt like a four. Um, uh, so this is right after first Avenger. So this is before the Avengers. And what's really funny about the story is they were like, okay, well, we we set up, you know, Toby Jones as, as um, uh, Zola, and we set up, you know, uh, Red Skull, but there's like a lot of other great Captain America characters that we didn't get to. Mm-hmm. So let's just put them all in the game. And then if you follow the MCU and haven't played this game, they got to Zemo. They got to, you know, like all of these other people, you know, that the, Bear Von Strucker, who's in Age of Ultron right at the beginning, you know, with the, the, the monocle. So they did eventually get to these characters in the MCU. It's just fun to see them all, cram them all in, along with like Iron Cross and Madame Hydra and all these weird Captain America characters. I'm like, I vaguely remember this from just sporadically reading those comics. But Chris Evans is Cap, man. And it's like, it's... The way it was explained to me was kind of like Arkham in that it's like open world, it's like open building, you know, where like you're in a really big structure, a really big map, you do do a lot of crisscrossing, there is like a sewer that connects everything, so you you do get to explore a lot more than the game is actually asking you to, and like time of day will change, and so it's neat to see like the courtyard change, oh there's a lot more soldiers here now. Kind of like how Arkham, especially Asylum does that, where like it really makes you Mm crisscross, and I don't know if a lot of Metroidvanias do that, where you like go back to a room and whoa, you know, like yeah. whoa, 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 they think things are, this wasn't that big of a deal, but now it's so crazy. Resident Evil used to do that a lot too, where like, haha, got you, now mm-hmm. that you didn't think something was gonna happen going back through there. Um, so there was a lot of, took a little while to get used to the kind of 360 rigidness of the character, you know, <laughs> especially yeah. Cap, you can imagine he's, very, you know, he's very straightforward. I feel like the only thing I've seen of this game is is fighting in trenches. There seems to be a That's decent amount opening. of... That's the opening, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, there, there are a lot of points where Chris Evans' earnest performance be like, oh no, how am I going to get past this? And like, it's just like five guys in the trench. It's not, it's the Xbox 360 era of comic book movies. I'm not really, you know. Because in, in First Avenger, you see him like, barging in and he's shooting a gun at one yeah, point. Yeah, there were no, yeah. it's all okay. shield and melee. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of like blocking, so there's a lot of snipers and if you block at just the right time, you can actually see the bullet poong, you oh, like cool. deflect it back and hit them. Is um, it round shield or is it like the the classic? Oh, it's, it's just, yeah. It's, okay. it, it picks, what's fun is it picks up, basically if you if you remember First Avenger, he does this montage where he gets back, it's here for Captain America! There's yeah. like a whole proud scene where they bring the guys back, and then they're like, okay, Cap, we trust you to go. And then it's like, montage! And it's yep. just him. This takes place during that. It's it's, And it actually <laughs> seems, 
that they're going to do some stuff with Zola that you're like, oh, they're actually venturing off. And by the end, it's like, nope, it, it buttons itself mm. up really nice. And like Red Skull's like, we'll see you next time, Captain. And then that, you know, you watch the rest of First Avenger and you, you know how that ends. Um, so it, it ties itself up nice, but gets just extremely crazy. You can shoot stuff because you can weaponize certain enemies. So that's like L1 and Y will like grab them. And then mm. certainly the bigger bosses, you can like have them shoot at Red Skull and other things. Um, so that was kind of fun. Cool. The, the combat was great. It was really fun. It, it, you had to unlock the, I don't remember if you ever had to do this in Arkham, but like the classic counter, just the, you know, oh, that, you know, exclamation point went up and I knew that guy was going to attack me. And so I, you know, as Batman. There's something you have to unlock in Arkham Asylum that seems like it should be base kit. I don't remember That's like one of the beginning skill tree things. The skill tree is extremely straightforward. And and so I was surprised. I I like, it's the kind of thing where like there's three and then three and then three. And you have to unlock the first three to even go to row two. And so, and then you have to unlock all of row two to go down to row three. And the last one of the first three was that counter. And I was like, oh, I have, I've been playing Arkham Asylum without playing it for the last four mm. hours because I couldn't like block you know, Nazis yeah. coming at me, Hydra coming at me. Um, but it's funny. You call back to Stark and Peggy the whole time. And it's, as far as I could tell, it was their voice actors you know, uh, of the original characters, the original Stark. And um, uh, it just it, – it really kind of scratched that itch of like it, – it's you know what was really funny? And I know this is a stretch. There were parts that like sounded and kind of looked like Bloodborne because like it was a lot of brick, a lot of destroyed brick, you mm. know, a lot of smoke and brick. And there were some, some parts of the score that were just heavy violin. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like this is almost gothic and I kind of dig it. Out of any comparison you could have made – that was not expecting that one. Because you, but you can see where something like Captain America would kind of lean into like a Wolfenstein. You know, where oh, like yeah, now course. you're getting into yeah. electricity and yeah. Frankenstein. So there is kind of a horror crossover. It's, it's there. You know, you're you're up in the mountain. You. You're up in the mountains. There's you. a lot of wind. You know, and smoke and cloudiness and stuff. Um, and it was yeah, it was just fun. And, and you know, Evans is always he's always put his heart and soul into that. I remember yeah. being like, we'll see how this guy does his cap. And so many years later, it was like, clearly that is the human being. They should have played that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of a treat. It, it, it's, it slipped through the cracks, so rightfully so, because so many of these games that weren't, you know, mm-hmm. the Arkham series were just not great. Like, um, even Infinity, like when the Avengers place out, came out in part two, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I, I like what Infinity's doing across the board, but that, like, campaign wasn't very interesting. Mm. Uh, Ultimate Lines 3 had its issues, so... We've yet to really, I don't think we're ever going to get back to this, like, AAA, one-character-based $60 game that you would go buy because you're just curious about if they can pull it off. Um, but it, they did do, they took a lot from the Arkham series and, like, applied it in a way that was very distinctly Cap. It was mm. fun. Um, great uh, Winter Soldier moment, who wasn't Winter Soldier yet, but great Bucky moment, where he's being, like, brought to a cell. And he's like, I'm telling you guys, you should just uncuff me and fight me. Because if you wait, you're going to fight Cap, too. And trust me, you don't want to fight Cap. And the shield, like, lands right in front of him. And they're like, huh? And they turn around and Cap, like, knocks them both That's out. That's so sick. And it's like, you can imagine me and Bucky being like, you're, you're going to lose. I don't know how to tell you this. Like, mm-hmm. trust me. I'm surprised as you. I didn't know he could be this strong. But I just met him, you know, a couple months ago. And... <laughs> He's, we're going to win this war. It's funny how things have kind of flip-flopped and just how much the world of licensed games has changed so dramatically because it used to be, like, pretty much no matter what, come hell or high water, there would be a, a, a big comic book movie come out and you would get some sort of game right. every time, like Clockwork. And now it's like with the MCU and all of these shows, I feel like we, we have a new show every month, but games are relatively few and far between. Yeah. Um, and just to, to see that 
completely changes interesting. But I, a couple of years ago, I think it was two years ago, I played through the Deadpool game and yeah. liked that a lot. Oh, yeah. um, but that, you know, obviously had its own kind of original story and stuff going on. But I, I've just been so into superheroes the last few years. Like, is this worth carving out time for Mm -hmm. it is uh it is if you're a fan of the mcu because there's a lot of captain america characters that are not have never ever ever been explored and maybe will never be because they're so specific to hydra they're so specific to world war ii hydra Mm -hmm. and so it's neat to like one of them's iron cross who's basically just a big walking tank he's just a big like mech guy you know and it's like uh, and it's it's neat enough if you're actually going to dig up a copy. If you're like, I got a 360, but it's I'm seeing it's 20 bucks. Maybe I'll order it. Um, I breezed through it relatively quickly. I played it in preparation for this frame trap. Nice. I was like, oh, I got it. I can actually pull this off. Cool. And it, I, I was, you know, it's fun to bring something like super random. Yeah, it is. Uh, and um, but there's also like a lot more to do. Like the sewer area has like 10 doors that go out to different parts, but you have to go in through the sewer to them. So if you're in the sewer, you can't just go anywhere now. But when I'm in an area, I got to remember, wait, there's a sewer entrance somewhere here. Is it, oh, there it is. And then you go through that door and unlock it. And then now you can come back that way. So it's sure the kind does. of thing where I'm like, eh, Lego Skywalker Saga, I want to move on to and some other stuff. I'm going to play some more Elden Ring. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to 100% this or yeah. 1,000 gamer score this. Yeah. But it's there. And it's there in a very, like, objects are, like, easy to find, but not, like, I bet there's something around this corner. There is. But not, like, an eyesore where it's like, everything's glowing. You know, like, it's it still maintains... Uh, you, you can like melee stuff, but the the shield actually isn't. It's not the kind of game where I was like shield, shield, shield. Like I would really, you know, uh, it does the ability smart where you have. I think I got up to four different like bars that I could spend. Some abilities were all four of them. Some were just two. So it's a kind of I, I watch people play Arkham Asylum in the series like professionally, and there's a lot of like counters and takedowns to build up a, a thing to then use at a very specific spot. Mm-hmm. So it's fun going into a fight. And it's just like, I have a big thing. I'm like, doesn't matter. L1X. I'm going to break through whatever you have with a giant shield thing and just knock half your health off. And cool. It's like saving those things up and using them at the right moment. It wasn't like a super tough game. I didn't play it at like that hard of a difficulty. But yeah. So something you can breeze through or something you can Daniel Bloodworth if you want and just like every last It seems note, like a good breeze thing. game. Do you, do you know who made it? The developers? Um, I, I think Sega also... I mean, we were talking. Did, did wait? Did Sega do Thor, or did they all do they, all of these? Sega, at the very least, published Thor. I don't. I don't know who developed it. I but. think it's Sega, and I don't. I don't recall. No, I that's think okay. it. I think it's like, but it's some company that's like the game company. It's something like that. That's like mm. the Dream People, or it yeah. has some name that just sounds like. I, I do not recall the other stuff that they did, but I, uh, I would say Cap is at the top or very near the top of like favorite. MCU characters and so yeah, it, it, it oh it might be a good pilot cleanser for sure. I like Cap, like I like Cyclops. I like I like I like the leader characters. I like the characters that have these tough like moral quandaries. And so it's like I understand if you're like, is Cap an interesting enough character to carry a whole game? Like I get a kick out of it because I like yeah. that era. I like it's fun in the MCU to explore someplace that's not super futuristic. That's like no, this happened all before we were born. That was you know so the Cap that we do now. This is all the stuff that he's you know suffered through and went through and. Um, I feel like all the old kid, his whole crew, you know, Dum Dum Dugan, yeah. like they're all there. It's all the original voice actors. So, I feel like characters can be like goody two shoes to a fault, where they're like goody two shoes beyond reason. But that's not Captain America to me. Like, obviously, he's very principled, but like the way that 
he handles the whole civil war yeah. conflict and 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 the way he kind of goes against the institutions that he fought for i think makes him a good character because he's still on the right side of things in a lot of ways i like mm-hmm. madam hydra's like up on a platform shooting at you as like ads are coming in and she says something like, ah, oh, I'm so clearly more powerful than you. And he's like, says the lady who won't come down and fight me herself. And it's yeah. like, yeah, Cap, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's, it's, and, you know, it's, it's like Hydra Castle. So it's like neat yeah. at the end of it when you just yeah. see this whole thing smoking and you're like. Pfft. That was what was I'm cool. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fun to kind of shut the whole thing down. My favorite Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 DLC, you go to like Doctor Doom's castle. Yeah. And uh, it, it, you, get, you get a whole storyline with him and the Fantastic Four and, um, yeah, it's it's pretty sick. So when you play like a linear game and it's like you're in the plaza, you're like, okay, whatever. You know, I'm just I'm I'm gonna leave the plaza and then never see it again. But it's neat to kind of like this is this is Zemo's castle. So the guy, you know, from Winter Soldier that causes all that turmoil, like in the comics, he's extremely rich, has this huge mansion, and you like go through his family, pick up notes. I was thinking about Huber the whole time because <laughs> I'm picking up like all these threads that are written by all these different people. And yeah. again, it, none of it's official. All of it was steamrolled by the other MCU movies. But it's neat to see a developer super excited about Cap. And, like, we get to make a Cap game. And I think it's, like, the only Cap game. <laughs> you know, like, well, there's, there's, a lot a, of, there's a lot of, like, beat-em-ups yeah, with the Avengers in it. Yeah, I'm thinking of a beat-em-up, yeah. yeah. But, like, and there, I think there might be, like, Captain, like Captain America, America and the Avengers or something. But yeah, just a, just a Cap game. There's is, is one neat. that has, like, a weird character selection. It's like, it's, like, Captain America, Iron Man, and, like, Hawkeye, I think. I don't know. It's strange. And there's but. different. I don't think they went full Arkham with the outfits, but I, there were two other outfits I could unlock. One was just the classic, like very World War II cap, I think, with yeah. the V shield. Mm-hmm. And then another one was I think maybe from like a later movie or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't know what they had done until then. The Avengers cap. I don't know. No DLC planned. I don't think that's <laughs> Xbox 360 <laughs> game. Man, I would. I would love like. I don't know. I I feel bad because like they're the de facto. Uh, team to name, but like an actual like Insomniac Captain America or a Rocksteady Captain America, like yeah. a really high, but like on the same level of something like a, a, a Spider Man. I don't know. I think I think I think Cap deserves it. I want to go back. I played it a little bit, uh, but the Iron Man VR game was kind of interesting. I want to go back. Yeah, to that. yeah. It uh, yeah doesn't outstay its welcome too much. It's a short enough campaign. I was just having like control issues with it that I. I don't know if I just didn't yeah. have enough space or what. <laughs> I think my main thing I didn't like about that game is there's one, there's like a city you go back to multiple times. I think it's in, I think it's in China, and you're just like, like this, this is not a city. This is a bunch, of, this is a bunch of like oh, video game buildings, no. and it's fun. Hey, I get to like, I get to duck behind buildings because things are shooting missiles at me. That's super fun, but like that's not a street down oh. there, you know? Like that's not. It kind of had the vibes of like the Peter Pan ride where oh. you're like, oh, I'm, in, I'm flying over London right now, you know. And it that's VR, and, and sometimes it works because who cares? I'm, I'm having a fun just with the senses of it, but it's like when it's Iron Man, when it's yeah. when you're like, look at this gorgeous city. It's so Blade Runner, isn't it? It's like, not really. Mm. But uh, good performances. Damiani, <laughs> this might be the first time this has happened in Frame Trap. We've got uh, one game split into two different parts. Uh, and I've been playing it, I've been streaming uh, some of my experiences, and I was playing it today, oh, nice. uh, so I'm so excited to talk about it, uh, but I, before we get into my impressions okay. and things, uh, you really wanted to talk about um, two things. You wanted to talk about PvP, there's a whole new PvP mode, there's a, there's a battle pass, and then there are changes to A Realm Reborn, and like me, I'm so excited to hear this because like I'm just kind of in my own bubble, like 
pretty much solely focusing on the Inwalker MSQ. So I feel like there are all of these things happening to 14 that I just haven't engaged in yet. Um, and so I'm kind of curious to hear about what's going on. That's a good way to put it. Even being caught up, it just feels like when a new patch drops, it's just like 16 different things to sure. go do. And like you focus on one, it's like, what's going on over here? And like yeah. that's like the both the curse and the beauty of the game. I, I'm actually really excited to get to that point because as much as I, I love 14 for the, for the story, and I would say it's like the driving force in a lot of ways, although I do, I don't know, I do really like the mechanics as well. So maybe that's not totally true, but um, I feel like I'm always playing catch-up to the story, and so I'm excited to finally get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm just going to purely approach this from an MMO now, you know? Um, but sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 that's a good like a good point to finally reach is when like you are caught up in yeah. the story because then it feels like you have that core understanding everything that you can go tackle yeah. everything else because I feel like you'd get like the fear is you'd get overwhelmed if you start trying to like delve yep. into any like side things that aren't like just tangentially related. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go dive into this other mode. It's like, wait, but now I forgot how to, like, what's going on in the store? Yeah. Like, yeah, that whole, like, That, like, already happened act. with Gold Saucer. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that juggling act. Uh, yeah, so to put it in context, um, a new patch dropped. This might be the most content in a patch ever to the point oh where gosh, they're just really? like, they, 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 I, I've seen people call it like the expansion part two. Wow. Because it doesn't add new zones in that regard. It's just like activities to do. Right. And there's, there's more story as well. Yeah. yeah. They, each patch brings with it a new story. This one has a pretty big task because it's starting a new storyline. So, so it, that starts now. Yeah, it felt, okay. and, and, and without spoiling it, it felt like going back to square one a little bit in terms of context, oh. which was nice. It was yeah. like, I could even see it being in a future jump in point for new players, potentially. That's what I was going to ask. Is Does it feel like a fresh start because you close the, like, right. th there's two different kinds of fresh starts, you know what I mean? Where it's like, you don't need the context, or you will only appreciate okay. this fresh start with the context. Do you remember the start of A Realm Reborn, when your first NPC, the major NPC you're yeah, talking yeah. about, they talk about, like, oh, five years ago, there was a calamity, and the warriors, but we all forgot, and stuff. Yes, yeah. It, I can see them. They <laughs> the 1.0. They give you a little bit more context here, because you just came off of it, but okay, I can see, I see a new player yeah. being like, let's be a little bit more ambiguous here, right. and just kind of wrap up gotcha, what the last right. major thing gotcha. was, and you're starting now. Because what I want to do is, after you're done with Endwalker, skip over everything that you've done, jump in at this mm -hmm. jumping point, and then besmirch every effort that you've made. Like, literally just be like, well, I've heard that Endwalker story's great, but I, th I think I'm all caught up. But, but, I don't the, think the I really is, need to know. Is, and, like, you and Huber and Brown are like, ah! The thing about <laughs> 14, though, is, like, it won't do that. Like, even now in Endwalker, right, right, which is ending, like, this whole saga started in A Realm Reborn, it's... The game still constantly refers to things that happen in 1.0. Yeah. And, like, all of that, it, it's not... Which it's, I remember a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Like it, a lot of those big points. It, it never, it never, ever, ever forgets about itself. It brings up that stuff regularly. Cool. Yeah. I don't, I mean, who knows what the future will hold. I will say, I get the vibe that going forward, again, I don't think it might be as strongly... Those ties mm. might not be as strong anymore where you need, like, we're going to directly reference this event. It's more overarching world things that right. have been referenced loose like in the past it, it feels like more a realm in the vein of a realm reborn actually what, cool. what's going on in them but yeah because I, I i think that's a really good way to phrase it damiani because it's not like 
you need you, you can't obviously play 1.0 so you it's like you need to have played through 1.0 to appreciate what's going on but i think the the way the reason why i like their framing is it still feels like those events have shaped this current world right and so i don't know what the end of endwalker is but i hope that you still get that sense where it's like oh that was still an important part of history where it like it changed this land it changed this culture or whatever like it has a reverberating effect i guess mm-hmm. yeah um so Besides the the story, which we're not going to get into, right? Um, what, which segment do we want to start off with? I forgot. Start, start with PvP because okay, you've okay, been okay, really okay. I, I, not just you. I feel like I've kind of seen uh, a buzz for this new PvP mode, and as somebody who doesn't participate in PvP, I always feel like PvP kind of gets relegated to the background of the discussion in fourteen a lot of times. And so I'm I'm interested to learn why this new mode is is so buzzworthy. Uh, it, it, I would say it's a lot of it has to do with it being just new, mm-hmm. um, but it's also capitalizing on all other other games that are doing a similar type of structure. It's essentially like the push cart mode where ah. you have two teams of five and your objective is to push this crystal in the middle um, to the goal on the other side. And it's just a lane that like weaves, you know, wraps around, but like it's literally each side is mirrored so like each side's the same and um yeah if you don't get into the goal it's whoever who made the most progress but it's uh it also has like invite it has three maps right now um each of them with the unique things like one of them has uh lanes where you can go like a little bit faster you can run in them some of them have environmental hazards mm. one is like a bomberman stage where literally the volcano erupts and you see cross t shapes of like <laughs> aoe's about to go up that'll just blow up down the whole lane nice. and it's like you're in them and you don't have defense you're gonna go bye bye uh one's got like a wind stuff where like a tornadoes will appear vortexes and you'll get like whooshed up into the air and you'll take uh, a lot of damage if you don't um, do something about it but there's also a gamble because apparently there are spots where if you're on them, you get these chocobo feathers, black chocobo feathers, which will give you like a, a buff. It'll give you like a speed buff and like refill your like uh, ultimate, your ult like meter really fast okay. so you could use it quicker. Um, and it's been oh, – go ahead. You have a question. Yeah. Right. No, I always forget about this. But, yeah, there are like separate skills for PvP, right? Yes. So this is I not, always forget about that. Yeah. yeah. Th- it's been this way since Stormblood. They ditched – to brief history lesson, up until Stormblood, PvP was literally all of your PvE skills plus like up to like eight or nine different PvP skills on top of that. So PvP was the most complicated thing, and you had to know how to play your job well and then use the PvP skills. So it was a so little when, too. So when you're like running around doing questing and stuff like that, you have this whole other bar of like the abilities so, that you're like, I, you know, it's just, yeah. just, it's all sitting there grayed you, out because I'm not doing PvP. Exactly. Right like now. you couldn't use them. Okay. And then in Stormblood, they introduced like PvP hot bars. So like when you're not in PvP, you don't see that at all. Got it. And it's and they they simplified. They took the core jobs and basically picked some of the best skills that made the most sense. And one of the best things I think they did for the purpose of PvP is they turned like your AoE and single target one. Two, three combos into a one button thing that just auto progresses with each hit, mm. each hit mm. so you don't have to map out three different buttons so like a lot of it was very self-explanatory and simplified so that if you didn't play this job like very hardcore in pve at least in pvp you could try it like i tried out like almost every job in pvp and enjoyed it but i only play a handful of jobs in pve so gotcha. now they've gone a step further so to get to the, the, the this new stuff they've gone even further it's literally every job has six unique actions, 
and then they have five wow. common actions that everyone shares. And those common gotcha. things are like sprint, shield, yeah. heal. That's like League of Legends. Purify, yep. And so <laughs> you basically, and then you have an ult. So it's like, you gotta just know six buttons, and like, mm. it's very simple, it's very fast-paced. Um, like, everything just goes off really quickly. Um, and, and I think that's why. It, it, it also, there's a new reward system on top of all this. It's, which, this you're talking the Battle Pass, right? It's essentially a Battle yeah. Pass. They call it the Session Rewards because there's seasons for ranked rewards for the new mode, which is called Crystalline Conflict. That's the, the push cart mode. Okay. Um, and when the season ends, you get you, whatever rank you ended up. There's like bronze, silver, gold, all the way up to, to crystal. There's di- and the platinum, diamond, and crystal. Once you get crystal, then it's like, old it's like elo uh ranking so like you have a score and the highest score gets the highest rank and there's rewards for that but then if you just participate it's like a battle pass structure like you have a series level so you're you play enough you earn enough experience you hit series level two you get that next reward Mm -hmm. and like every five levels is like a pretty decent reward i mean you could debate that but like like they're gonna have like minions, or this time it's a gear set that you have cool. that looks like it's from freaking like Elden Ring. Yeah. You know, oh. Souls. Yeah. Because you that that armor you got was from the battle pass, right? Yeah, it's the rank twenty five. There's thirty is the max. Okay. So you don't have to get all the way there. If you just get to rank twenty five, you will get that chest. And, and that I mean that armor looked so cool that when I saw you in it, I was like, yeah, I would totally grind for that. So I guess that that that's the natural next question is how long is the grind? to get there i mean is it just like with a little bit of effort you can i think with a little bit of effort you'll get there uh so you have you have until the next patch to hit rank 30 gotcha. and claim all the rewards now the rewards in between are a currency okay so we'll get to that in a second but i think it's pretty easy i mean if you want to go all out yeah you can get it in like a few days to a week but sure. if you just want to play like one match a day and just like do your like your dailies i mean it'll take you like maybe like a Two months, maybe. It or sounds one like month. it's it's enjoyable enough though that like you're gonna wanna play more than than one match. Yeah, yeah, they have they have casual mode, which is like just no stakes, just go in mm-hmm. there, screw around, and, and like even if you lose, you still get credit towards nice. this battle pass essentially. So you play the new mode. It's very short, five minute matches. It's it's over very quick. I think it's very simple to understand, but there there is a little bit more to it. Um, when it comes to competitive, maybe you know it's brand new. Any kind of new competitive mode is obviously going to have some kinks to iron out. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's some things that people are looking for the development team to address. I think it's speediness about that. So like the biggest concern is how long they will take to address it because generally with PVE. They don't do fixes until like certain number of patches, so mm-hmm. that might be too slow potentially. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays. But right now, it's like got a good framework around it. And then there's there's still the old PvP maps for the other modes. One of them is on hiatus right now. The, the feast, right? Well, the feast got retired completely. Okay, that's that's not th- coming okay. back. Okay. But the mech one, where it's like a MOBA, like three lanes, and you have okay. like the mechs. They're doing some tweaking to that, and it'll come back next patch. So there'll be so it'll be that the big battle uh, arena ones, like uh, like what was like AV or whatever in WoW. Yeah. It's like that style of like thing where go three different teams go battle each other, and yeah, it it it's rejuvenated it. I'll say that it has its it has its detractors and and people who are maybe not happy with it, but it's also only been out for like less than two weeks to this day. So it's still very new, and I think people mm-hmm. are still getting a handle on it. Yeah, man, it's 
it's crazy, and I, I say this from a point of kind of like awe and respect, but like I've put hundred, like literally hundreds of hours into Final Fantasy XIV, and there are so many giant aspects of the game that like I either haven't participated in or am not even aware of that like it, it I it's amazing to me that they can be so on top of this massive story and adding new jobs and and like just new. I today I was playing Inwalker, and. There's, I was like, why, why can't I do this quest? What is this? Um, and I was like in the study hall, essentially. And I went and it's like, oh, you have to be a level 81 disciple of the hand. So it's like, here's a whole, <laughs> yeah. you know, the <laughs> gathering crafting. Uh, I, I don't know what it is because I couldn't do it. But quest line, essentially, that I would love to participate in. And like, that's good motivation um, to go and engage in that stuff. And like, man, when I was messing around with Gold Saucer, I loved the weekly challenge log where it was like participate in all of these different aspects of this one side of this game essentially this casino aspect of the game do chocobo races do triple triad uh, do these you know timed event things and it was really really fun to grind because it felt like they had a good roadmap um, and good variety built into that um, and so if pvp is like that if i can feel a similar sense of like this is really fun going through this battle pass. I feel like I'm getting rewarded along the way. I feel like I am getting a, a lot of variety. Like, I could totally see myself addicted to yeah. that. Yeah. And the, the currency you earn, mm. also you can spend it on rewards okay. as well. Um, various different things, some that are useful for PvE, like you can buy materia, like high-end cool. materia for cool. like raiding yeah. purposes. That's like, that was going to be my question. Is there, like, is there anything you I can, can get PvE, even if it's like you yeah. know crumbs, just to have something to show for like a, y the curiosity of trying something. If I'm strict PvE and I'm like, all right, I want to try this, but if all I remember that kind of turned me off from WoW PvP, you know, long time ago, because all I was earning was stuff that would make PvP easier, and I'm like, I don't care if I lose a PvP. I'm just running around because it's fun to like, you know, get wasted by the horde and just yeah. see them like coming out of the forest. Like that's just fun. it's fun to to be a part of. I don't necessarily like gotta win, you know. Like so, is there something I can take back as opposed to just more more than just that, talk? Jones? The the number one thing you can get is you get PVE experience. For competing in matches, so you can level up characters. That's cool. And if you if for a five minute match, you get yeah. a chunk of experience. I mean, might even be faster if, especially if you're a DPS, yeah. waiting for those dungeons. No, that's views. Like awesome. Yeah. Not logical oh to just do that for those goals, but just such a nice cushion to know I'm getting up many things done. Making you know? it a viable way to level up alt jobs is like. That's that's like enough for me right there. Exactly. Holy it's shit. been that way since Stormbell, but like it's getting easier and easier and easier now that you have like a five minute mode that's yeah. super popular. Yeah. Because the other modes were like fifteen or twenty minutes and like oh, Feast yeah. was like a little like it was way more intense. I'll say this, Feast was more intense than this new mode sure. probably is at this point. Um, so most people want to do the casual modes and having a casual option that's five minutes is perfect for this. And yeah, the last thing is they brought back a, a, a crossover event for the anime Garo. They mm. brought back the uh, rewards for it, and it's t was tied to PvP before. So these like Garo outfit sets you can get in these three Garo mounts, these like uh, these winged horse mounts with these god tier armor, uh, you can get them again. Um, and there, then there's all this like special like gear for each job as well you can get from from it on top of like a. You know, the traditional Garo-looking outfits as well, and any type of PvP. Oh, well, I mean, some of them are tied to specific achievements, but, hey, it's, like, so fast that, like, you're probably going to get it. And so they've just thrown everything they could at this right yeah. now, which is to answer your original question, why? It's because 
It's very familiar. Has a great reward system. Yeah. It's very new player friendly. Like I'll, the the best thing I could say about it, I don't think it's perfect, but the best thing I could say is that if their goal was to entice people who were intimidated or didn't like PvP before, especially yeah. for the fourteen players in general, this this was it. This yeah, is like absolutely. probably the best thing they could have done, other than like make it like Blitzball. I don't know some like crazy right. mini game type thing. But get this is this is pretty good. I. I th- from my perspective, I feel like 14 has really, A, they've they've really been attentive to player feedback in a way that is shocking, and not a lot of developers, I feel like, do very well, but I feel like they really try to go out of their way to make different types of content for different types of people, um, and I think that that's... that's Part of the reason why uh, it's it's just seen this kind of momentous rise over the years. Um, you you mentioned the Garo crossover, and I have to uh, the way that I remember this scene during my stream is I just saw the back of this mount like staring in the at off at, at the ocean on the beach in the distance, and I, I, it was like a surreal moment. I was like. Is that a yokai from Yokai Watch? Yep. It was just like so like <laughs> you're like your brain is like, am I really see like I for, I forgot that that was a, a collaboration that they That's did. So funny. Yeah. yeah, they they just added the uh the pod from Nier. Yes, yeah, I've gold seen it. Saucer currency. So play gold saucer, you can get it. No, I was uh talking to the stream, I as soon as possible, I want to get together with you and Brad and do the near raids because you have to do the near raids to get the pod. Yep, yep, yep. It's locked behind it. <laughs> um, so moving on, kind of into the 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 next session section of this this fir- first part of Final Fantasy XIV, um, Aroma Born received some changes. And my understanding is that the, these changes were to make it easier for players starting with Aroma Born, make that ride a little bit smoother. Because you talk to pretty much everybody, and I I certainly agree with this. Aroma Born is definitely like the it's sort of like the vegetables you have to eat to get to the dessert kind of a 14. Yeah, it's generally pitched that way. Uh, everyone has, you know, different different, you know, palates. Yeah, so some absolutely. people some people do like Aroma Born a lot and yeah. they get confused about why people say it. and then there are people who like think it's even worse than like you try to like sell it to them as like it's not that bad. It's like that was way worse than what you told me about. <laughs> Should I keep playing this game? These changes, I would argue, these changes might even be more significant than what they did uh, back at patch 5.3 when they announced they did that first overhaul of A Realm of Born. That was more to address the pacing of the MSQ progression, I Uh think, than anything else to make sure that you didn't hit those those terrible, like, level gates Uh where you're like, man, I'm like, this... I'm on a level 44 quest. Oh, just jump to 49. Wait, what? Why did jump four, like five levels all of a sudden? Like that's, that's so fascinating because like that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't happen anymore. But back then it was a thing because old m- MMO mentality, I guess. Right. So that was a different set of issues. This is more about addressing uh, the the instanced content. Mm. So dungeons and the trials that you have to participate, as well as like the finale. Okay. They they, re- they changed it. Now I will say overall for the most part it is the changes are for the better because the number one thing I think despite me disliking some of the atmosphere changes I'll put it that way about some of the dungeons the boss encounters every boss encounter is now a legit boss encounter okay. there's no none of those like do you remember the one we had to do the slime and you like had to like draw like a bomb to blow it up and it sm- smash into smaller parts early on yeah and, oh, and it's, in the, would, it's in the like cave right cave. yeah and, 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 and if, if you had an unlucky 
thing of a new person who didn't know any better. They kill the thing all over and over, so it would never be able to explode. So you're just like sitting there, and they keep trying to DPS the slime, and it has like a like infinite HP pretty much. So you're not gonna kill it that way. It's like no, like it's like the mechanic guy, oh, the mechanic guy. So I kind of lamented like that was a fun troll, but yeah. now they've changed it so that they introduce different types of mechanics sooner. I think almost Great. every major mechanic. Yeah. Uh, outside like a handful of very specific raid ones are introduced. For example, you are now given the stack marker mechanic early on so people understand what the stack together shared damage is. They do sequential AoE mechanics where here's the first set of circle AoEs. Classic. There's the second, there's the third. Okay, go to the last one and wait for the first. Like they do that more and more now and I appreciate that a lot and on top of that, the the new Ultima battle. They redid Ultima because mm. it's a separate instance now. It's not part of that long like finale anymore. Mm-hmm. Way oh, be- so much yeah. so much better now. It's so much better now. They they the mechanics they change for it are like all for the better for that fight. It would be like when you you when you'd be queuing up for like a random dungeon and you got that, you'd be like, oh god, like you just and everybody's a, just running through it as yeah, fast as they possibly yeah. can. It yeah. was like long, it was the longest dungeon in the game, and they changed it so you couldn't skip cutscenes anymore. So that new player, because veterans would rush through well, it, because it is so important. Yeah, to the veterans story. would rush yeah. through it, and so like they'd still be on like You'd the miss. second, yeah, yeah, they'd yeah, be yeah. on the second cutscene, and they finish the dungeon. <laughs> right, and you're right. like, wait, what? I, I feel like I remember distinctly like like finishing a cutscene or something and being like. Ten miles behind the group, like yeah. they're off fighting. Yep. Yeah. So you, for those two dungeons, the the the, the, the Praetorium and um, uh, the Praetorium and uh, the Castrum that's before it, I'm forgetting its name, but the uh, Meridarium or whatever. Mm. They uh, the, the, still, the, the Dominarium. Sorry, s- <laughs> you still can't <laughs> cut. You can't skip cutscenes, but they were moved a lot. Oh, um, okay. So it's very minimal the amount of cutscenes, and they're way more linear now. They cleaved off entire sections of both of them where it's way straightforward. You skip ahead a lot. Like the first thing I did was like we there was supposed to be the sequence I was expecting. We interacted with the node to warp to the next spot. And I'm like, wait a second, we just we just where'd half the dungeon go? I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like they take like 10, 15 minutes now and they're very quick. Um and they, they go that that's much better. As I said the ultimate battle, two things they changed. They changed a. Uh, the Cape Westwind battle. So this was a bit of a meme, Jones. Okay. This was like one, like a fight where you fought like one dude, like this, like one of the generals of like the main villain in the story, and it's basically a pushover. Like it's like <laughs> fighting like a mob, basically. <laughs> but people love to make fun of it and like right. throw down all these markers and like start scaring <laughs> new people, saying like it was the hardest fight. So they oh, went God. back and redid Didn't it. Did you do that? I, I only did that to Huber when he was playing Sekiro. He was just like, all right, like prepping yeah. Huber. Huber was coming in sneaking, like, all right, here I go. And then just <laughs> 10 seconds later, like, oh, I, LOL. And, and also, <laughs> it's supposed to be this like this kind of badass character. <laughs> yeah. And they're a pushover now. They changed it and like way better, mo- like more mechanics, more phases, and like it has three phases. Like I thought the second phase was it. I'm like, wow, they gave it a pretty good second phase. Yes. Then he has like a last stand phase where he just like goes like berserk and like channels all his energy. And it's like constant damage is ra- like radiating from him. It's kind of like a race to the finish type thing. And I'm like, way way better intensity. <laughs> the they changed the La Habrea fight at the end too, and I was like, eh, that one's whatever. Like mm. it's that one's fine so dungeon uh, bosses and mechanic stuff nice. like very thankful they did that and the, these changes it's much needed yeah that's that's so incredible to hear and again like kind of speaking to their commitment to stuff like to to 
not only going back to old content, but to go back multiple times, like yeah. this far into the game, the changes is awesome because I feel like my my memory of uh, Realm of Born Dungeons is I think aesthetically kind of what you were saying some of them are very very cool but I, I can't think of a single one where I was like damn the mechanics in that fight were awesome and I I've, I was talking to somebody that had like just gotten to Heaven's Word or was at the beginning of Heaven's Word I'm like trust me like you get to Shadowbringer some of those fights are just so much fun and so incredible and I feel like like earlier on in the game, you really don't get to experience that. And so if you can give that to players more immediately, I think that would really just help retention and interest and passion for the game. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other change, which is mostly pretty pretty awesome. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't want to say like mind-blowing, but like maybe slightly jaw-dropping. Um, is the graphical improvements. Um, so they're rolling these out in phases, and it's clear where they put the attention first. The Realm of Born MS, like the main story quest dungeons, all have been overhauled visually. Like mm. the lighting, it's just the lighting. It's just lighting, yeah. the atmosphere. Like the, do you remember the Haunted Mansion dungeon, like in the middle yeah, of the yeah. thing? Yep, yep, yep. Just the lighting in it, it's such a different tone now. That dungeon's it, really It cool. used to be like yeah. kind of colorful and stuff. Now it's like, yeah morbidly dark Whoa, with like cool. just barely light coming through windows and I stuff get, it's yeah. like rem- and like candles soft light coming off candles okay. to just barely it's like whoa i was like <laughs> okay this is like every dungeon kind of does that now nice. and i'm like man this lighting alone is good and then like the enemy uh models like the texture work maybe slightly improved but like the models look a little bit better now that the one the ones that they're using in those dungeons and it, it it looks really good. So to their credit, man, that's like just like the early efforts. Cool. It's gonna pay dividends when they finally can like touch up everything by like seven point or whenever they're aiming to finish it. Yeah, aesthetically, I really like that that haunted mansion dungeon that you're talking about. Like jumps to mind immediately. And I don't know when this happened. I think it was sometime within the last year. And admittedly, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've checked which graphical settings I'm running on PC. Um, but I, I have a high-end PC, and I like I I still think in a lot of ways 14 is gorgeous, right? I still think the artistic direction is fantastic. I still think just the color choices and the like real-world inspiration that they pull in for a lot of the towns, like Radzat Han is like a gorgeous city, like it's really really nice. But just especially during those cutscenes, right? They do a lot of close-ups, they do a lot of camera switching, and you're just like. That is just a blurry texture. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so. Crystal Exarch was uh, the crystallization <laughs> thing without saying too much was sure. like one of the things people were like, uh, yo, guys, where'd the budget go? Yeah. <laughs> that looks pretty bad. Yeah. And there's just no, I mean, and, you know, they've been, this is an old game now at this point. And so if we can get to a point where, and they are working on it, right? Uh, I believe, yeah. Um, if they if they can overhaul that stuff, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. they'll eventually get around to stuff like character faces, the new character models, the because they were showing like how lighting is going to improve, like how your character looks, but without yeah. radically changing it too much because they know people put a lot of effort. Oh, into sure. That. This sounds like just a scary so, thing to endeavor, you know, to, to clean up this game. People are playing right now, yeah. you know, to the graphically overhaul. Yeah, it. Like, like, it's insane. It's you're like, remastering it, a game that's live. It's like, it's like, like overhauling whoa. a bridge on a, on a highway when the, they do the, that. Yeah. Like, you can't just, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like you got to do this while cars are still going and stuff, <laughs> so it's like, good luck. Yeah, I know, and it's, and, it's, and it's weird because when you do have a game that's beloved by so many people that have been playing it for such a long time, like, 
there are certain things that I think you inexplicably get attached to, like like the way people smile, just the like flat mm-hmm. to like, or like the the nod, right? Or like certain things that I think you kind of just you see them so much that you kind of get attached to that you don't you don't want it to be like so polished that you get rid of that charm if that makes sense exactly yeah, yeah. i mean and they, and they said they're gonna work with the community to get feedback on any of the changes they do right and i mean yeah they get they got to get it right because i mean that's one of the new things they also added in this patch is the these new things called character portraits and, and adventure <laughs> oh, plates oh my so god so you can take like a selfie a tweak it and stuff and then like make like a business card looking thing with the, the all the different layers are customizable and like that's one of the rewards you can get the more like you do certain activities in game including pvp right now you can lock new frames and borders and stuff and when you go up to a character now instead of inspecting oh let me see your gear you see their new business card and it like has like, like yeah it's like American Psycho yeah and it's so like, like, like well mm, I mean you can imagine you nice. can't people are trying to push the boundaries it's with like nice. crazy poses and that's stuff that's underselling but, it but <laughs> there, there's a little bit of an issue right now where a lot of like uh, semi-lewd uh, yeah no extremely <laughs> graphic like maybe, maybe this is okay. just my perception of it but it seems like it is completely overrun with degeneracy okay yeah it's a lot of cat girls <laughs> in suggestive poses my favorite one was a cat boy who creatively used the dps icon in the bottom right so they shrunk they zoomed out so their character was just over it with their private part yes. right being covered I, by yes. it and they're like look like they're nude well, it's like it's like the it's, sword it's, right it's like the beginning oh, of oh i was thinking of a slightly different one, it's yeah, like when ahead. the Wii first came out and everyone was making their me and you just like look at a person like is that a is that a penis? <laughs> like, is that what am I looking at? Yeah, you know, there, like, there's a that <laughs> moment on someone. This one was passing on Reddit, but, and everyone's but, like, "It's that." Big fan of creative expression through through these games, you know. Yep, gotta, yep. gotta foster that community expression. I, I will say though, the back to the, the dungeon stuff. Um mm. this is a, a personal preference, and I don't know if I'm so much it's I think it's bad so much as like it's a lamenting the loss of something that people will no longer be able to get to experience. Mm-hmm. But some of the personality I think has been sucked out of the earlier dungeons mm. from from these changes. Sure, the lighting looks better, but the the specific one I want to I want to call out, uh, the Thousand Maws of Todorak. You'll remember it even if you don't remember you don't know by name. It's the one with the green goop that if you walk in it it like slowed you down and stuff and there was like long 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 streaks of it. Yeah, that sucked. But that was like kind of like a rite of passage like you must <laughs> deal with this. It's like now the part was just annoying. All it is now that dungeon they change it. It's giant, wide open areas mm. with like overrun with grass, and it's just like very linear, straightforward. I so see. they cut off all the branching paths. You don't have to mm. collect those like green orbs to like anymore, so you don't forget them. But they've done a few changes. Like Copper Bell Mines, another one. They mm. they they completely remove some of the uh, like all the explosive stuff is just like right there in okay. in a room, and they cut out some of the. See, that doesn't bother me because my memory of Copper Bell Mines is like. One of the people that you were in the dungeon with knew where it was anyway, and so it's not, it's not like there was any effort in like yeah that yeah. part of it's it's more like that one specifically the boss changes it was kind of like the one dungeon that had like again it had mm. the slime fight yeah it had a fight where it's like just a bunch of ads coming out like yeah you didn't learn mechanics for that but it it was like stories came from that I, I felt like it was yeah. part of like the old kind of style of charm for sure and it's now gone. And specifically for like this again for Todorak for me I th- think that was just a change for the worse yeah that, that that dungeon is so lifeless and boring now like none of like you used to have all these nooks and crannies you can explore on your first time yeah you 
second onward, yeah, you zerg through it and stuff. And for zerging, it's probably going to be faster now. Yeah. But you, there's no way to go back and play it. So remember I meme asked about, can we go play the older versions of the game? Yeah. This is now, the first patch where I like it. I legitimately now like, oh, this stuff's gone for good. I can't go back and play the old dungeon. I'm like, oh, shit, it's gone. I'm like, uh, wait, can I get like a, a patch behind version yeah. somehow? I'm like, now I'm not joking. I'm like, I kind of missed that. Man, it's, it is eerie how much of what you're talking about, I feel like definitely crept into WoW, right? Where where you would definitely have like contingents of the community that'd be like, you kind of took out the personality of this game, right? Like a lot of, uh, like Dungeon Finder was, it was very controversial. Um, where it was like the, the, you're removing the stories or or the, or just the 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 things that like maybe weren't special from a pure raw gameplay perspective, but allowed for players to kind of make their own story. So yeah, you have to be you have to be so careful about that. And I'm really curious. I would love to go back to some of those old dungeons to kind of visually get an idea of what you're talking about. Yeah. Last thing, shout out or call out thing. Do you remember the snow dungeon near the end? Like it, it was to go get the like, this called Stone Vigils in the snow zone. It was like this castle ruins and like dungeon that you went through at the end. There was like a big dragon, but there was a sequence on the second boss where boss spawned tornadoes and there were cannons in the back. You had to fire at a dragon. I I remember cannons in the like that long, the super long dungeons at the end of Realm of War. Is this what we're talking about? No, it's okay. a little earlier. It's okay. when you get the, going to get the airship. Um, okay. it's a snow, I don't it's remember a snow zone, but, but there's yeah. a boss where you had to go get fire cannons completely gone. Mm. It's now just like an open, there's not even like they, they, it's an open fight where the boss is just there. They got rid of the cannons. They got rid of all the cannons. Did they no change cannons. the dungeon where you have to lead the heads and like kill them on the switch? Okay. So that's sunken temple of Karn. Yeah. No, they didn't change it, but the lighting graphics are different. So okay. it looks, it looks way better. Cool. That one was left. Alone though, okay. that I actually like tried out some stuff. The bees can still do their final sting and one shot you, which okay. is okay. Like... <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember getting fucked by those bees. Yeah, okay, okay. There you go. Yep. Yeah, because it was just like out of nowhere. It'd be like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sorry, Brandon. You had a question. It sounded like. Um. Oh no. Okay. I'm getting caught. All caught up on this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, you know, we were just talking about how difficult it is to to graphically improve it. And I, not only with content, Ben, but I, I remember classes. I remember, like, people coming back to classes that were changed and mm -hmm. just, like, ah, this was just not the class I played. And so I'm not going to, like, play a game I don't want to play. I'm going to be, I love this world, but it's just, it's you know, stuff is so different. So I, I just had that with they 14. Are, that's got to be scary. Um, Damiani, uh where they, they removed Enochian for Black Mage. Oh, yes. And I still, it's so weird. I still don't think I like it. I think I miss Enochian, <laughs> and I can't defend it. Like, I don't think I can make a mechanical case for why, but it was just something where I'm like, I just feel like you you streamline this, and it's probably for the better. This is probably like a fundamentally smart change, but I feel like it's just a little bit easier now in a way that I don't like. I don't know. Um so yeah, you do. You get weirdly attached to things that that maybe hey. don't make a lot of sense. I mean, that the wrap of my thing from to go back to PvP real quick. Yeah, uh, that that's on a deep personal level. That's kind of slightly how I feel a little bit about the new tool uh, tool set for PvP. Mm. I kind of lament a little bit of the loss of the complexity. Yeah, like I thought what they had before was a nice balance. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was that complicated. I think they could throw it in there and people would still like. 
may take away one or two actions and like people would be having just as good a time. Yeah. But it does feel like I was getting having to put in more to get more out of it mm -hmm. and I kind of lament that loss. Sure. And while that's not PvE related for PvP, like it definitely is, but I, I get why they did it, especially for the new mode, because everything's always gonna be bal balanced around their big competitive mode, their popular mode, and it's CC. So like mm. Don't want to get into it too much because it's a little bit more technical. But the like the other mode that's active right now, Frontline, is kind of suffering from the the new toolkit. There's mm. clearly a handful of jobs that dominate right now yeah. in there, and uh. like they got to figure it. Like it's, that has ruined that, everything. I don't, I don't envy the task of they yeah. have to balance because they share the same toolkit. So yeah. you balance it for that, but like no, then it changes it in the other mode. So like they're always going to balance it around this new mode. Yeah. So yeah, yeah just yeah. just and for years for like. Since Stormblood, since 2017, there have been slight changes to the PvP toolkits, but like that had been PvP for like five years, mm -hmm. and like obviously things change. But yeah, maybe this it's probably just gonna take time to get used to the new thing. But yeah. like in my head, I'm like, I'll never forget you, old samurai kit. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget you, <laughs> old dragoon. I'll never forget you, dude. And I your, can't and your range cheese. Baby. I can't wait ten ten years from now, man. Fourteen <laughs> classic servers going live. Yeah. Um. Uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about in this first segment is I have been doing my first Nuzlocke oh, um, yeah. challenge on stream, and yeah. um, it's been a trip, and it's been it's been heartbreaking. I'm now on my uh, failed two runs. I'm now on my third run. It's been more difficult than I was expecting, but at the same time, I feel like it is. You know, the long and short of it is, I was like. This is exactly how I want Pokemon to feel. And I feel like this is... It, it sounds like it's probably a little bit too hard and too restrictive for, like, the average casual Pokemon fan. But what I really value in games, and what I was... It, like, I, I think it crystallizes with Pokemon, is I just want the cool mechanics that are there to matter, right? And I was thinking about it in Pokemon. I'm like, very rarely in the, the core adventure do I have to worry about, like what type something is because you can just get so strong and experience share is so ridiculous that it's like if i'm super effective against it great if i'm not i'll still steamroll it you know and you can like you don't really like you can just kind of get your perfect team where it's like okay i can just keep running around and catching stuff until i get this super powerful psychic type or whatever it is um and for those of you who aren't familiar, the way Nuzlocke works is if your Pokemon faints, you have to get rid of it. Um, and you can, in each area, right, including your routes and your caves and so on and so forth, you can only capture the first Pokemon that you encounter. And this is really what I want to focus on because, like, if I was playing, so I'm playing Leaf Green, which is a Gen 3 remake of Gen 1, um, if I was playing normally, right, and I would capture a Rattata, I would throw that Rattata in the box, I'd never think about it again. I, I just wouldn't. I just don't care about Rattata. I think there there are a lot of other Pokemon that I would prioritize on the team. But it's like when the Rattata is your only option, suddenly you're like, okay, what moves do you learn? And you're looking it up and it's like, okay, I want to get here. That'll be really powerful. What nature are you? Because you're the only thing that I had to rely on. You know, what what stats are going to get boosted and which are, are going to take a hit, Right. And you're just thinking about it in a way where you're like, okay, well, how is this Rattata going to do against, you know, this dungeon or this gym leader? And it's just you're, you're actually 
being forced to engage with the mechanics that are there in a really, really, really fascinating way, right? Where it's like, oh, like, I'm poisoned. I have three Pokemon. I cannot afford to lose this Pokemon to poison, right? And so suddenly status conditions are this, this, this big part. And, you know, it's not that they don't matter at all in basic Pokemon. I just feel like they're given kind of this priority uh, in a way that, like, just honestly and truly makes the game way more engaging. Yeah. Yeah, this is the type of... So I'll admit... For up until only recently, I didn't know it was called Nuzlocke. So when someone yeah. brought up on a friend code or something, I'm like, what the yeah. hell is Nuzlocke? Sure, and so, yeah. Like the the na- like the naming of it, like it's it, like always been interesting to me. But like this type of people have been doing this forever. Like this, like kind of yeah. like forced challenge on yourself when a game fails to give you that type of difficulty. Right. Um. Unfortunately, like with like Nintendo, it's like they don't have like a modding scene because it's not really that like. I mean, you can do homebrew, but it's not as conveniently as available. It's like a PC where people can mod in these modes. But I, this is something I agree with you that I wish games would push for maybe putting some of these types. Like, when they think of difficulty, this is what I think of. It's not necessarily just, like, crank up the HP levels and, like, crank up, like, right. you know, the damn Like, nuke, you nerf your damage you do. It's like, how can you take the skills you learned and you've mastered on, like, any current difficulty you play through and apply them to something more challenging? And the thing that comes to mind for me, aside from Nuzlocke, is, like, Resident Evil games just having randomizer included with them. Mm-hmm. Like, test how well you really know how to play this game when, like, sure, you memorized the whole map, but, like, f- like can you figure out how on the fly, like, how to, like, change things up if, if you did that? It's, like, yeah. less about memorization and I-, I know the whole game and stuff and I could roll through it if I just power this for- versus... You actually have to think for once right. and, and, like, actually in, and invest time in what the game was trying to get you to, like, the, like the, 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 the whole concept of the game, which I agree with you that Pokemon's kind of, like, I don't think they, they really care too much about that anymore when you're mm-hmm. just, like, playing the main story. They're like, no, this is supposed to be fun, casual, but there are people who've been clamoring for, I wish Nintendo, or sorry, the Pokemon company and Game Freak would just give me something, an option to be a little bit more challenging and stuff yeah. in every game. And when they don't do it, this is what comes from it. You know, the right. self-imposed yeah. challenges. Right. I, I, I just feel like this this self-imposed challenge has kind of like unearthed the, it's, it's allowed, like basically only the good bits of Pokemon to, to come forward. And it's, it's, it's you kind of touched on it in a really interesting way where it's it's not about making it harder in a totally artificial sense, right? It's not like, like no one wants every Pokemon they fight to have like a million HP or to like run into their first gym and have the, the Pokemon one-shot everything that you... No, no one wants... I mean, some people probably want that, but by and large, that's, that's not really like the point that I'm trying to get at. It's just like you just... You just want to constantly be making decisions that you feel like matter. That's it. And I feel like modern Pokemon games are by and large like I, I'm just kind of sleepwalking my way through them until, you know, like in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, like you get to the Elite Four or something where it's like, okay, well, it shouldn't get to like it shouldn't be like at the end of the game that I feel that way. It should be kind of throughout. And it's just like, you know, I don't have experience share in Leaf Green. And so even just the decision of like, 
okay, which Pokemon should I have up front? Should I have more Pokemon? If I have more Pokemon, it's going to be harder to get all of them experience. So, you know, they can all be around roughly the same level. So it's better to choose like two or three Pokemon. They'll be easier to level. But if I run into a situation where that team of three isn't strong, that means that I have less people, you know, in the reserve to actually get through that fight, right? Mm -hmm. And like, that is a fascinating decision that requires a lot of thought and some risk and some tension. Like... A great example. I had three Pokeballs, ran into, went into Viridian Forest. I had one shot at catching a goddamn Pokemon. A Metapod came up, which you could turn into a Butterfree, which could be really good um, against. Uh, put people to sleep, right? It put people to sleep. You yeah. have to make, make Pokemon catching easier. Had three, yeah, sleep powder, right? Um, had three Pokeballs. Never in my life have I sweated. Catching a Metapod. <laughs> never, never in my life have I ever sweated catching a Metapod. You've tried if you haven't. Yeah. Like, never. It's liberating. Never. And like, it was like, like, it felt like a, like a, a like a, like an event. And like, I threw that last Pokeball and I pushed it because I was like, oh man, if I crit, I'm going to kill it. I didn't crit. I got it in the red, that last Pokeball. And just right at the end, it got out. And it was heartbreaking. My heart was broken over a Metapod. This has never happened to me uh, in Pokemon before. And so, it, like... I think when you're a super young kid, right, and you're just learning Pokemon for the first time, right, maybe you're not as familiar with RPGs, like, th the magic of Pokemon is, is palpable. As, you, as you're learning everything, as you're, you, you're figuring out what types go up against what things and, like, finding that, like, rare Pokemon, like, that's really, really exciting. But, you know, you do that enough times, right, and that magic disappears. And I feel like Nuzlocke is, was this, like, gift from heaven where it was, like, we're going to insert this magic back in the game. And I feel like I have, like, the same sort of a, emotional roller coaster that I did when I was, like, 10, you know? And it's, like, it's really given that magic back to Pokemon in a way that I would really like Game Freak to learn from and, and find ways to uh, include uh, in their main games. Yeah. I think having... Feeling that like magic and excitement, as you put it, like that's the hardest thing, especially to, to, to invoke in, in veterans who play it because right. they become so complacent and familiar with it. Like everyone says, like, what's that one game you wish you could forget and go back and play again? Like these yeah. are ways that like you could sort of evoke that. Sure, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah, like the, the the simplest things will feel like intense, and you'll feel um, you'll feel emotional about them again instead right. of like yeah, instead of feeling like I don't know like cold or like matter of fact like I expected yeah. that. Well, okay, here's like the first route. What kind of like bare bones Pokemon I get here? Where it's like the early game, it's like no, this is pretty intense, and like I think to put a little bit more faith in like the average like player now, like yeah. it's also. Things have just shown in the last several years, over probably last decade, that challenge isn't a bad thing at all. Yeah. And I, I kind of wish more developers and publishers would embrace it, even if it's just an option. Mm -hmm. it, it feels like so good that to, to, to have that type of thing there. I mean, there, it's just I love though. I want to give a shout out to like for community people for figuring out these oh, types yeah. of things. Yeah. Because I mean, they've been around since forever, but yeah. like the the amount of work that goes into like coming up with the rule sets and stuff. Because there's the the Final Fantasy V job festa, whatever one that they do every year, mm -hmm. where like they have the self-imposed rules about like you pick your party. It's almost like Nuzlocke's in essence, where like you pick your, you have to pick certain jobs, or whatever, and like you got to stick with certain rules, and you can't break those rules. Like honor system, it's to make the game you've been playing so much challenging. I mean, it's been a way. It's been this. 
These have been around for ages. I can remember the original one I can remember might not be the first one. This original self-imposed rule thing I remember is the original Legend of Zelda. People talking about like reaching the final boss Ganon yeah. without ever getting a sword. Because you can use the other items yeah. to, you couldn't kill him without it, but like you could complete every single other activity in the game by using a variety of different items. And it's like, yeah. that's like, that game's already pretty challenging, but for people who've played it so much, like that's a whole other level of like, like, man, the early game is intense because I can't, I don't have a sword. How do I kill this enemy? Where do I go? It's like, right. it's, yeah, that, I remember, that, that, that intensity. Shout out to James Andre, who beat Wind Waker in pajamas with three hearts. He's like, I never pick out an outfit because you don't have to. You don't have to pick yeah. it up. So at the end of Wind Waker, he still got his pajamas on from the first island. And every time, like, oh, I beat the boss. There's a heart. You just turn around and leave. You know, like, nope, don't need it. That thing's so good. Like, like even, love I, that. I know you're talking about like not <laughs> doing never the, art do it, of, the, yeah. the artificial thing. Right. But when they added like master modes and hero modes to the Zelda games, and like the it wasn't the the how hard the enemies hit back. It was when they removed. Healing items mm-hmm. like you can't just break a pot or slice grass and get hearts back anymore. It's like, all right, you think these games are so easy? There's no more healing. Good, right. like yeah. how, how tough are you now? It's like remedial enemies. Like, oh, I got hit. I can just go. Oh, I can't go hit. Uh, maybe I need to think a little bit more strategically here and approach things. And like that's the yeah the same thing about how early on. Holy crap! You're sweating over the simplest, like a moblin fight. What? Yeah, like, or right. It's like what? Why is this? Like, why am I sweating over this? Yeah. Come on. Um, yeah, and and, and I think that there will oh like no matter what your game is, there will be people out there that will make it more difficult. There are people that play. I I love the Souls games. I never want to play the Souls games where my goal is don't get hit. That sounds awful. <laughs> I never I I have no desire to do that. Ever. But there are people out there that do that, and I it's fun to watch. I would right. watch that all day, but I have no, you know, drive to go there, and do that. There are times I've seen multiple people play Souls games on one controller, and it's like, yeah. what are you exactly yeah. what are you yeah. doing to yourself? Uh, we only do it for like an hour though, at most. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, was it Fire Emblem? Um, some RPG that rebalanced it so that it was like a little bit more like they thought it was how it should be a little bit more. Oh, Final Fantasy IV has had a, a challenge mod where it's like, all right, there's certain parts of the game that are way too easy. Like, let's people who've played it a million times go through. We're gonna balance it so every part of this game feels mm. legitimately challenging to you, but fair. Yeah. Like, use the tools that you have to overcome a boss. Don't just like I'm over level. Like, just spam this sword attack and I'm gonna win. And like, right. that, like that type of stuff is like great. But again, that takes. Someone who well, their team that spent put so much time and effort into understanding the game and, and and fully appreciating it. Like I just don't know how developers. This has been the story forever. Like sometimes developers don't have the time to understand their game that deeply. I think. Well, they I can't think play it enough. I think they do, and I'm I'm sure okay. there there are like people in the comments that are screaming like, "Oh man, if you want it to be harder, just get into to competitive." But that's. That's kind oh, of a Pokemon, that, yeah. that's kind of a different thing that we're talking about. Yes, and you mentioned yes, like yes. not underestimating the player. I think there are two games, two of the most successful games in the last decade that are really worth bringing up, and that is Minecraft and Fortnite. Right? Regardless of what you think about those games, they kind of do this brilliant thing where any anybody can hop into them, and you can you can kind of make your own fun. Like I don't I don't think Fortnite is a difficult game to just jump into and enjoy, but. 
with either of those games, the more that you play them, the more that this depth is revealed. And and it's not like you don't have to do like crazy fan challenges, right? Like there is mm-hmm. there is innate complexity that you can kind of just keep digging at uh, naturally. And I think that is the really the 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 mark of a good game. Like yes, there are always going to be people that do crazy challenges, but it's like the mechanics that you're in that are in your game, do they really get a chance to shine in an obvious way that kind of everybody can appreciate? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think one of the big things for me with Pokemon, just from my limited experience with the franchise, is like, please give me just really tough opponents that are just around. Yeah. You know, like, if I'm going down, it's like, I'm by the beach. This is really fun. Ha ha, beat you. That right. trainer's over there. Who are you? And it's like, you're not ready for me yet. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> and just like, Come back when you finish the game. I'll be here. And you're like, oh, cool. You know, so you just start to pick up, like, what's their story? Who's this? And there's just all vets that are just around. And, yeah, you're a cute kid playing Pokemon, but I was you 15 years ago. And there's maybe something I could teach you. Would also be fun if, like... Yeah, I love that. That, like, just never happens in Pokemon. I think it's more work that we can expect maybe Game Freak to do on any given new gen release. But, Mm -hmm. like... So much of that game to me is like I went to this game to get a very specific piece of information back to me, but the game never like noticed what I was doing. So there's nobody ever, hey, I noticed you have that Pokemon. Do you know this about them? Like mm-hmm. there's like it'd be neat if like, yo, pick these three Pokemon. And you're like, I want to pick that one. And the trainer's not just like, great. But it's like fire type, fascinating. Why? Yeah. And you're like, oh, because I want to do this. Well, if you want to do that, then do that, you know. So just to give me a little more lead in that, like, you have flexibility here that you that Rattata can be good for you if for just this one specific thing. Right. Um, I've, there are so many great series that go through all this on the web. But you remember um, when we talked about Kirby on Frame Trap and yeah. how impressed we were with the way that it handled difficulty, yeah. where it had all mm-hmm. these things that you didn't have to do, but you got a little bit of an extra reward. You could so easily implement <laughs> in that Pokemon. Like, imagine like going into a gym and a guy is like, "Hey." You can beat this gym however you want. Um, and yeah. like if you do that, that's fine. You can continue with the story. Great, you'll get your badge. Yes. But like imagine if it's like, or you could try to do this. Like you maybe you're you can only use one Pokemon or you can't use this type of you know, I'm spitballing here, but some sort of little optional thing where it starts it's like, a clock. Yeah. Five minute clock once you fight the first guy. You know, sure, like, yeah. Anything. And it's like, hey, we'll give you some more money or something, or like a special Pokeball or something. Uh that yeah. Please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, anything like that would be would be great. I, I mean, it'd be perfect. I'd trade off all those countless remedial trainer battles along every freaking route for like yeah. one or two of these types Bud of Bud kicks your Jimmy who yeah. throws out a yeah. Kakuna and it just yeah. hardens for seven but how, turns. But how Six great, of them, too. How great would it be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next Pokemon game comes out, you fe- you beat the first gym and you're like, this feels like every other Pokemon yeah. game. And you walk out and you're going to go talk to your friend, trainer, or whatever, and some dude like pops out of the shadows, yo. And you're like, what? And you go over in a cutscene, like, you're the button does lock. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. And he's like, here's this mode. If you want hard yeah. mode, come yeah. back to me when you're totally. ready. And he's just some guy in the, you know, by a trash can. Yo. Yeah. Nuzlocke is the way. Nuzlocke, dude. <laughs> Team Nuzlocke. Just have them officially put the word Nuzlocke in their game. Yeah. <laughs> just on the start menu, it's like Nuzlocke. I'd be so happy. Yeah. You have to, like, enter a secret code, and then it's just, like, in neon green text, Nuzlocke. Um... All right, it's time for the sizzle. Um, We're going to talk. So, Multiverse of Madness is just a couple of weeks out. Oh, yeah. Promises to be a pretty big movie. Um, and so, I thought it'd be fun, right? We don't. Uh, Doctor Strange is probably going to go some strange places. Haha. What's one place you don't want 
Multiverse of Madness to go? Like one character or oh. period or movie you want to visit? Like where are you like, stay away from that? Hmm. Don't want it to go. Well, I mean, I know they've teased a certain character, but I hope that I just hope this is not the movie that introduces the X Men, like mm. proper. Like oh. that's going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, like I under like it. Why do you say that? Why? Why? So why I guess the multiverse a... is probably the best way to explain how are these characters among us this whole time, and now we have to like just explain. Oh, they've been here. Oh, wait, they were in this. They weren't in this universe. They were in a, a different universe. Right. So now they're coming on over. But I, I, I just think introducing them in another movie that has nothing to do about them, like I. I really want them to kickstart off X-Men with like a standalone movie. Like I, I want them to try fresh again because as much as Fox did some things right, I think for every one good movie they made, they made two bad movies. Mm. It's like for me, it was like Days of Futures Past, First Class, and X2 were probably like good. Like X1 was like, eh, okay. Three sucked to me. Yeah. And the last Apocalypse and, and Dark Phoenix were trash. And I'm like, all right. And like standalone Wolverine films, like first one was trash. Second one was like, okay. And like Logan was like probably the Logan best. Logan is incredible. Logan was probably the best, yeah. but you know, you're not getting that from Disney. So never, never just forget <laughs> I that. I wish, man. Um, so sorry to yeah, cut yeah, you yeah. off there, but um, like No Way Home, right? I think really did this incredible thing where it obviously revisited the Spider-Man of past, but it never felt like they really overshadowed Tom Holland's kind of story. Would you be okay with that? Where maybe it, it kind of touched on these characters or these characters were, were part of the story, but still left room for a new interpretation to really take off. I guess. So to clarify, my, my fear is like bringing back any of the, ex like the old characters, like, like, okay. Hugh Jackman cameo. Sure. That's cool. But like, I think the storyline of like, the young X-Men and like the older version of the X-Men from the Fox series, it's been done. It's done. There's nothing left to explore there for me. So it's like new character time. It's like new interpretations of yeah. them. And then I'd, I'd like to see them just try something unique and different with each one of the, like, especially with the X-Men and, and, <sighs> and, and Fantastic Four, whenever they come about. So I hope that Dr. Strange just goes to like, here's some nods to like the Fox stuff. Yeah. Because we already did it with Spider-Man. So right. now we're going to do it with like the X-Men and like, but it's not like gonna bring that Fox universe and make it canonize it. Like, oh, one of those characters is gonna come forward and get to be a mainstay of this. I'm mm -hmm. like, I'd love Patrick Stewart and, and and to be a part of it. But man, like, please don't just cut that off. And I understand, mm -hmm. like, with Spider-Man, they're probably not gonna revisit any of that stuff again, from what I understand. Yeah. So like, that was pretty good. But like, doing it so soon after Spider-Man feels like I saw this trick already. It's like five months later. You're doing like I know that's what Doctor Strange's not going to yeah. be, but I just don't want to retread. I don't. I don't want to go over familiar ground. I want something new. And you know what? I'm rooting for uh, more than X Men. I'm rooting for Fantastic Four because they haven't yes. had a good Fantastic Four live action film. Yeah, it's like, I want. They've tried so twice bad. and it yeah. sucked. It's over like, three. Over three. Come on, one more. Just, yeah, like yeah. try again. Like let's get it right. It's the one that needs to get it right, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, that's the thing is I don't think most people know how cool the Fantastic Four can be. Um, and like, yeah, oh, I hope, I hope that happens. Um, don't, don't 
with Multiverse of Madness, don't do anything with Morbius. God damn it. <laughs> okay. that's that the right movie. An- that's the right answer. That uh, movie. Even if Blade kills Morbius, <laughs> even if Wesley Snipes comes through. And cuts, Actually, okay, I would like that. Yes. Head off. Yes. I would like that. Like it's literally that. just a portal opens up and just Wesley Snipes coming through and he slices Jerlito's head yes. off and Jerlito's head goes into another portal and it and rolls over to Deacon Frost. I want I want him to get his head cut off after he makes another nonsensical I'm Venom joke, which doesn't make sense in the context of the movie that he says it. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I'm I'm not looking forward to Sam Raimi's still did, he did it right. Yeah. Sam Raimi did Multiverse Madness. So that He's, was yeah. They didn't like change directors on me when I was no like, no no no. It's still Sam Raimi, weeks. which is um, part of the reason I'm so excited. Man, that that guy has made some decisions that frustrated me in my time because they were too silly for the story that I thought he was telling. And at the same time, Sam Raimi has done things that I, w- I was still to this day. How the hell did he do that? Like mm-hmm. there were effects that. How the hell did he do? Like how the hell did he get that script passed? You know, whatever <laughs> company he was making. So it's like the fact that they gave him this at this time was like. Oh, I hope he Sam Raimi's the hell out of this. Yeah. But like Sam Raimi's also the guy that's like, "Hey, Howard the Duck." And you're like, "No, Sam," Ra-, you know, like I could see him yeah. wanting to kind of burn the bridge, you know, just as my only MCU movie. So I just hope it's not like goofy because yeah, it, like there was a little bit it's of going to be goofy. Oh, totally. Yeah. But there was a little bit of like Home Alone ishness to the Spider-Man movie where it was like, "Oops," you know, like you can't get me, Doctor Strange. And it was like they kind of made they had to make Doctor Strange look a little dumb in order for all this to happen. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man completely upending fate itself is super Spider-Man, especially if you like read it for a really long time. Like he really gets into that, you know, crazy stuff in the '80s and '90s. But um, I would love. I love when Ant-Man is in the quantum realm. I love when he's like in, you know, just in the mirrors like around him. And you're like, dude, Ant-Man, you're screwed. You know, and like he gets back. He can't even tell Michael Douglas what happened. He's like, I, you know, I know I'm spoiling other movies, but like he's like, it's I don't even remember it being there. It was so far out of reality that it's tough to recite it when you come back. And I hope that's I hope it's that kind of deal. It's like the end of the submarine voyage at Disneyland where they're like, should we tell people we saw a sea serpent? And they're like, log it, but no one will ever believe us. Where it's like, yes, Doctor Strange did meet Professor X, but they're the only two people that know that happened. Like yeah. or everything was just so it's kind of this it's not where all realities got to meet at a diner and talk about their fun movies they were in, but like this kind of confluence of like understanding things that like yeah. we get to see this weird you know, point of, and then the rest of the MCU just kind of moves away from it. And you're like, oh, cool. Like, if we did get all these weird, if Hugh Jackman's in it, it's for this crazy, fleeting, beautiful moment, and then it's gone. Like, that'd I be really, great. I really like what you're saying, because I think the feeling that you're describing I had with WandaVision, where it, would ju- it just yes. felt so weird and foreign and kind of, like, frightening with the way that, you it, you know, it, it felt like reality was kind of unnatural uh, in a way that that felt like... Completely unpredictable. I felt like anything could happen. You know, and then you had Loki and you're like, you're kind of doing a similar thing, but it's like yeah. less, you just did it. Yeah. You know, and then uh, Spider-Man No Way Home did it as well. And so like. You'll remember you... Eternals? <laughs> like that's, I, that's going somewhere, yeah. I presume. Yeah. You know, and that kind of dealt with, you know, this much time, but it feels like two days, but it was a long centuries. And all, no, you, know. you, you bring up a really good point where like me seeing this movie, like even, even. Patrick Stewart, like it's it's awesome. I think the character is great, but like I, I'm like we, you've kind of already cashed in on this chip like super recently, and so like a crazy crossover is not like enough on its own anymore. Like yeah. this is going to have to be a good movie 
and, and be a good I'm story. Worried about the substance here because yeah. for me to, to, to put more uh, in perspective where I'm coming from, for me I have a lot. Of, I feel like there's a lot of stakes writing on on what Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness sets up. Yeah. Because we've had you said we had Loki, we've had What If, we've had No Way Home. Like oh this, God, What we, If? We, yeah. We've been <laughs> in Eternals. We've been leading up to like this bigger picture thing and like the multiverse and the big multiverse threat. And it's like, is this gonna push that forward or are we just gonna go for like ah cameos cameos right. and it's a small personal story because like they're too they're unsure of where to go with this and like while it might be an enjoyable standalone movie it, it, it's being uh, to me I'm expecting this to push forward right where we're going with this whole MCO table, thing yeah. and it's like right, well, yeah where are we going and like I I, 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 I like kind of like Cautiously optimistic about it. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool. It'd be really neat to even suggest things that I'm like, that's not even a cameo. That's great. It's kind of what like WandaVision was hinting at in parts, and then was like, oh no, you didn't quite do the thing we all thought you were gonna do. But like, it'd be neat if like Professor X sees Wanda and is like. Yeah, you know, or she sees this vision of Scarlet Witch, and it's like, what am I looking at? And right. it's like, this is a version of you that almost was in this world where you weren't, mm-hmm. but should have been. You know, the like, you're in the Avengers. What's that? You know, like th- this comparing what these realities are like and why. And we know these realities are, you know, the 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 whims of these big film executives who've made so many bad decisions. But it's neat to kind of contextualize, like you should have been in that X Men universe, but you weren't. Mm-hmm. But we know you, you know, like none of them know you were real, but like I know you were real. Uh oh. Keep talking. You know, Professor X is the kind of guy. There's so many moments, in, uh, the great moments of Professor X and the X Men, where like yeah. he would go on a cosmic adventure. And then come back, and Scott's like, hey, Professor, what was that about? And he's yeah. like, Scott, I don't have the time. Let's go fight Magneto again. You know, and he, he just had to he just had to shrug it and Jones. be like, no one will understand it, this. Exactly. Like, I'm watching the cartoon series from yeah. start to finish. And, yeah, just finished the Phoenix Saga, where it's like, yeah, he's getting, like, messages from, like, aliens <laughs> in space. And, like, I can't tell you, Scott or Gene, what's yeah. going on. Because, like, I, 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 you, like, yeah. Like, oh, I had, like, all these psychic barriers. And, like, my evil self came out. And, like, evil Xavier. Like, I'm yeah. like, whoa, where's, like, these concepts? But, yeah. like, yeah, like, his stuff sometimes and that is, like, pretty insane. And, like, the thing I'm seeing with, like, the X-Men cartoons, because, I mean, they, they do something different, is I, I there's so much potential there to do... You know, the, the, like the these the stories for them, like I guess, uh, like um, not an analogy, um, uh, anthology, mm-hmm. kind of like what they're going with DC with the with the Batman, where mm-hmm. like it works on its own; it doesn't yeah. need to. I know people want X Men as part of this big MCU thing. Like, I wish they would just start small scale with the X Men, sure. like this, like really more personal story. And yeah, I, I think they could build up to it. I think well, it, it could be its own separate thing for a while that builds up to it, rather than like let's just go full speed running because like you're gonna burn that cooldown. It's like all right, now the X Men are like, wow, they're just like already here. What what you're actually describing, I think, is currently one of the problems of the MCU because it's like this small scale thing you're kind of talking about. It's like well, we're just getting started on Shang-Chi. We're just getting started on the Eternals. We're just getting started on Moon Knight. And it's like, there are all of these new characters, and they, they feel like, in a lot of ways, and I know that this isn't technically true in the case of like Shang-Chi, but it, it kind of feels like, the, like where are we going? Like We're all so, like a different... So right you know, now, yes, that's yeah. a problem. Yeah. And like I think... Maybe that's why X Men should wait for a while because, like, yeah. it's just going to compound this. Like, we're just getting too many new threads that 
or kind of like directionless yeah. right now until we get like the big picture here and like throwing in X-Men now that's why I'm hoping like it's just cameos in Doctor Strange because like yeah. to introduce X-Men now it's like and like it's like oh we're going to have like now we can officially announce we have an X-Men film coming out it's like this is too much like slow, right. like slow down like I, I don't think they're going to do that but man that would be I agree with you on that I think it would be just too much origin stuff happening at once like the with in the earlier phases of Marvel something I think that they did what that was really smart is they just kind of had like Hawkeye and Black Widow and even Hulk just kind of develop along with other individual stories. And it doesn't really seem like we're getting that as much where it's like everybody kind of gets like their own little thing now. And I, I think it would be better to maybe combine some of these things. And, they and have really them need progress. Together. You're right. Yeah. They absolutely need to because the one that is on the docket that is still doing that is Guardians or sorry, Thor. Because right. Thor in the trailer right. is like, yeah. well, so with the Guardians, yeah. like we're still doing that. Like yeah. that's not a Guardians film, but they're a part of it. Mm-hmm. We're not there with all the like countless ones we just saw this yeah. phase so far. It's like, hopefully, like the next movie that involves like like a handful of them will be. Oh, you're all gonna be in a film together, right. and we're gonna be progressing you along. Yeah, it's just throwing X Men in there, an ensemble cast. It's like they almost would have to just pick one right individual character from X Men, be like. Okay, we're gonna introduce you, and like you're gonna hang out for a little while, and then we'll get to like the rest of you. It's like, I I wouldn't want that honestly. I would love for it just to be like some complete like the the character that they choose to lean on is like Omega Red, like Omega you know? Red. <laughs> 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 oh, I have Omega Red. <laughs> Finally get Modok. You know? oh, Omega yes. Red. But you you I mean the first Doctor Strange they you know, retconned a lot of crazy stuff that happened. I love when, mm. like, Wong comes out of the rubble. Hey, what's up, man? And he, whoa, the pipe comes out of him. You know, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it, you know? like. And so I, I wouldn't mind that, you know, ending where it's like, oh, we're, I mean, I don't know. It could be a trip. What if they, like, erase a couple movies or something? It'd be, it'd be weird. It'd be yeah, weird. If, if it's, like, now Beautiful. we're, uh, or, or, like, or, like, or, like, there's a version of No Way Home you can watch now where Doctor Strange does it again or something. Or there's something yeah. really cinematically that's like, what a trip yeah. that you suggested that. Um, and, oh, I, yeah. and I wouldn't mind if, like, literally at the end of it, you see, like, Professor X being like, oh, crazy. And he's just been a voice the whole time. And it's like, oh, this wasn't pre-Logan Professor X. This was X-Men 1 Professor X before he even met Gene. And you see him go to help Gene, or, like, right before first class when he showed Like, there's ways you could do this which, like, would make that portal ending fascinating. But it's mm. just, like, too, too much. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think those are good ideas. You're also suggesting Scary. that too that, many that, characters. This is also be like a racing movie. This could be the way where the multiverse could also uh, just explain away the the Star Wars, some of the Star Wars movies too. Here just, we go. Just bring in some. <laughs> here we go. Seven like the Doctor Strange open, he opens it up and and a sleeping Sora comes floating yeah. through. I I will I will scream at the top of my lungs in a crowded theater if Sora shows up. I will. I'll walk out. I I don't need to see. And anything it's the beginning else. of Infinity War. He's like, who? You know. <laughs> oh man! All right. Why um, <laughs> this sizzle is brought to you uh, by some wonderful sponsors. If you want to find out more, go to Patreon.com/slash/EasyAllies. Um, uh, g- give me your best Pokemon. Always fun to do. Uh, after I read out all these names, we have quite a few, which is awesome. So shout out to. L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, Nick, Raymond Wheeler the Third, 
Zot One Doot, Anna Croth, and Jabba Wobs. Kingler! Speaking of Star Wars Jones, uh, really perfect segue. Uh, you, I, I, last frame trap or the frame trap before, I talked about it, but I'm really curious to get your take nice. on uh, Lego Star Wars yeah. The Skywalker Saga. Yes, I completed all nine episodes. Nice. Ooh, they, nice. they can go by quick. They go by super fast. Yeah. They do a good job of not, you know, uh, for what you lack in. There's some scenes I was like, oh, we're not doing that. Okay, we're not going to do the space battle on Death Star 2. Okay. <laughs> you know, like we're just Lando and Yenum and all that stuff. You're going through Death Star. I'm like, cut to the on-rail sequence. Oh, we're out of the Death Star. We're done. Okay. like, mm -hmm. But I can't think of anything I was like sad that I didn't play for, you know, cinematically. And what they kind of do, shout out to the lousy Obi-Wan game for the Xbox. But the one that was fun about the Obi-Wan game for the Xbox as, as a lot of good video games that made the prequels better than the films made them, was the beginning of Phantom Menace is like 50% of the way through the game. So you do all this weird stuff leading up with Qui-Gon and all this stuff where he's like learning to be, you know, to, you know, be a Padawan. And then it's like, oh, now we got to do this dumb Trade Federation thing. And you're like, oh, cool. It's just kind of a neat like lead up to it. You have a conversation with Qui-Gon on the flight over there, you know. And so there were a couple of moments where, one example, Luke gets back from Dagobah, and he's like, we got to get to that general room, R2, because they're going to plan the attack on, you know, on Endor. And so you're walking down the hallway in the thing, and you're walking by, like, all the rebellion people, and then psh, door opens up, and you go into the big room, like, oh, here's the meeting. Mm -hmm. And then, Luke, where you been? You know, so you're like, cool, I didn't, I missed this scene, but I got to be Luke walking into it. So, like, there were some fun moments of, like, okay, that was, that part wasn't in the movies and wasn't in, you know, I've read the books as well of episodes four, five, and six. So they filled in little gaps that were fun and stuff that they skipped over was almost kind of comic. Like you get Qui-Gon's funeral, but you don't, it's the award ceremony and, you know, Obi-Wan leans over and is like, I'm going to train you now. You're like, there's a lot of scenes. They're like, let's just do that now. Mm -hmm. um, and very much enjoyed that. But, oh boy, this game was just what the doctor ordered, man. Mm. I started it up and was like, I'm going to play all of this because I'm so desperately need to make fun of all of Star Wars right now. Mm. I need to. And I think there's really something funny about every movie. Uh, some of the movies I don't like, I super enjoyed the Lego versions of. And it's really two games, much like all Lego games are, where like you play the campaign and then you play it again in parts or the whole thing. Because now I've unlocked Sith characters. Now I can do this. Or now I've, you know, right. uh, I can pick my little cast and take them through. The thing that's just nuts about Skywalker Saga, it's every planet that was in the traditional trilogy. So there's like, you know, over 20 places you can go visit. And there's all sorts of wacky stuff going on just in that world, you know, yeah. like that you totally go past in the campaign that it does not require you to do, you know, uh, along with any extra ships you want to unlock. If you fly in space around planets, it'll be like, there's a little guy. You want to go talk to him? And I go and talk to him. It's Biggs. And he's like, yo, I got to get these people to Yavin. Can you do that for me? And like, sure. And I blew up some TIE fighters. That was fun. And then it's like, you unlocked Biggs. Like, cool. You know, like I was in, like, didn't need to do that. Probably not going to play as Biggs, but mm -hmm. just organically flying around the world and going back to places and... The Biggs um, disrespect. The bit, well, Nyenum is a good one to <laughs> unlock, but, you know, so I'm probably, you know, I don't play as Poe or Han Solo. I don't know about Biggs. But um, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of some disparaging thing I could say about Biggs. Shout out to Biggs. But shout out to the, like, the cut scene from episode four where Biggs and Wedge, are or no, Biggs and Luke are, like, hanging out. 
Is that a Star Destroyer in the sky? And he's hanging out with like Luke's friends, and you see Tashi Station. Like you can actually go oh, there, and like this sick. this looks like the deleted scene. Like cool. there's a lot of homework they did in terms of like this is next to this thing, or you know this. Uh, it's it's fun to go back to Tatooine, and like yeah, you can. There's one ca- cavern that it's like I think this is the Mandalorian cavern. When Mandalorian like goes in and you see the things jumping over his head and he's like, oh, like in the first couple episodes in season one, I'm like, I think they're going to do a Mandalorian thing here. Walking around as the Mandalorian outside Mos Espa doesn't feel weird. Like it feels like you can kind of tell all the stories at once. So free play's fun because it's like all of nine episodes all kind of happening simultaneously. And there were planets. I'm like, what is that planet going to be? Oh, right. Episode nine introduces like five new planets. I forgot. Um, so it was, it was neat having the world kind of come together that yeah. way. And, um, like I said, just mocking all of it, you know, really, really not, none of it's sacred. It's all super goofy. It's really nice that that when you pick Mando, he has a little Grogu that is following him around. It closes up if there's action, you know, that you can, like, <laughs> you do damage to things. and. Yeah, I, I feel like with the, the, the Lego games, it's, they're kind of impossible not to have some level of fun with. And it seems like that they make it very obvious that, like, that's the kind of headspace that they want you to be in. Like, as you... I think really did a great job of pointing out um, there is this obvious reverence there, right? And there, there is kind of this like um, kind of delving into the, the entire breadth of Star Wars that is impressive, but like they're, they make fun of it too in a way that feels like actually clever, right? Like it's not just like fart jokes. It's like yeah. there are, 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 are physical and, and visual gags that, that feel like they kind of blend in pretty seamlessly yeah. to like – in addition to actually recounting these stories, I think. Well, there's, yeah, like, it's interesting because this, one of the issues with watching one through three and then four through six and then seven through nine is they're all made by different people in different eras and they're all different things wrong with them in terms of the special effects and design choices and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, like, having one company do all nine is something that I've actually, I dream of now as a Star Wars fan. It's Mm -hmm. like, it'd be fun in a decade or so. Let's just start over. Let's go back. Do episode one first and like make it work, <laughs> you know, like have not the same director or writer, but like try to make animate it if you have to. But do yeah, it yeah. in some way that is uniform so that we're not freaking out about weird special effects or characters being older, or younger than they should be. And so, yes, this is a very comical version of the Skywalker saga of these nine movies, along with other like DLC and stuff. But there's like this purple Cyclops teddy bear that keeps popping up in cutscenes. That's just like I think it's like Anakin's or something. Or there's some character in the beginning that's like scared, so they have a little teddy bear. And like at the very end, when they like dun, 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 all the ships come in at the end of Skywalker saga, and like Lando's with Chewie, like yeah, let's go. The bear's just sitting in the back seat, like let's go. You know, so it's like it's there the whole time. It doesn't mean yeah. anything. It's not based on anything. It's just travel. Tales being like, haha, here's some joke that maybe maybe one of our director's kids had this bear. So you like you don't know where these weird little jokes there's a frog that keeps coming up and different things. Like uh like uh, and so there's just yeah, a lot of jokes that I'm like, that's not even a Star Wars joke, that's a TT Games joke. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's neat if they can make it, you know, mean something because it they, they brought it up at the right times. It wasn't mm-hmm. overdone. Um and uh funny how some scenes are like verbatim. Like the, yeah, the, oh, yeah. it, the shorter, like everything is, you know, condensed to an, ex, to a comical degree at points, but like, Hey, Chewie tells me you're looking for, you know, to go, to go to somewhere like, yeah, we get a ship and like, all right, Docky Bay 94. And I was like, that was the scene. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, there was no joke there Yeah. when like Anakin's like, what have I done? And like Palpatine's like, yes, Anakin verbatim. Like that's a, a, like Lego Palpatine is real serious mm-hmm. in the scene. And so it does, 
there are moments where like I would end and be like, whoa, they, they kind of got me there. Steven Stanton, who does, and we got to talk about the voiceover for so many of the roles, my God. Steven Stanton, who traditionally does Tarkin, who's like not in it. Episode oh, really? four, episode four is kind of la 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 la. It's like, let's just focus on the main characters. Like Tarkin yeah. just kind of talks to Vader, and that's all he does. Vader's not in episode four a ton. Man, going through episode four, I didn't even realize that, but you're totally right. Not he's, in just, credits. he's just not there. Because I looked everybody up and I saw Steven yeah. Stanton oh, really? does Palpatine and does oh no, doesn't do Palpatine. Steven Stanton does um or maybe he does Palpatine and uh um uh what's his name from Days Gone, who is the who's the the Emperor's apprentice or was Vader's apprentice. In the Force Unleashed games, Sam Witwer does Palpatine, mm. and and I th- maybe about Star Killer, Star Killer, yeah, 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 he does Palpatine. Uh, there's a lot of surprising voice voice talent in it, but um, uh, someone like James Arnold Taylor, who's done Obi Wan for all of Clone Wars, yeah. who kind of I think, I mean, certainly has played Obi Wan for longer than Ewan McGregor ever did, yeah, much longer because there's lots of season of Clone Wars, and I think kind of really cemented that like I'm Obi Wan, mm-hmm. just this Obi Wan like that persona of him. I think much more of like the Clone Wars version of Obi-Wan when I think of all this crazy stuff Obi-Wan did. Mm-hmm. And here's James Arnold Taylor getting to say, you are the chosen one, like mm-hmm. getting to read this dialogue he never got to because right. it was what Ewan did. Yeah. So it's neat for him to be like, yeah, yeah, jokey and all, but not this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the guy who voices Anakin saying, I hate you. You know, it's like, it's cool. It's yeah. neat to see them like, yeah, I'm good at this too. You know, and, like it's not what you remember from the movies. It's my version of it. Um, I, I said this um, last time. I did not properly credit AJ Lucasio in the, the episode that we talked about it, but I, like okay. AJ Lucasio's Han is it's, uncanny. It's something else, yeah. Because it's not again. You think about the lines, and it's like some some of those lines are so beloved. It's like listening to a song. So if someone right. else sings the song, you're like, eh, not quite. It's not about what Harrison Ford did that AJ is also doing. It's what Harrison Ford never did. Yeah, and AJ is like, yeah, but. And one scene, I ha- I'm, I'm not going to spoil the jokes that they do, but the scene is so... T- I was like, I had to put the controller down. I was like, AJ, you're killing me, man. Mm. But it's, you know, uh, we're all fine here. We're fine yep. here. How are you? Yep. And you're like, yeah, yep. we're yep. fine. And he's like, uh, you know, uh, I-, I ordered you a pizza. Is that pizza there yet? And he just goes on and on. Yep. And I'm like, was this improv or yeah. what? It's him and this guy playing <laughs> the British, yeah. you know, oh, Empire guy. So and good. they just, for longer than the original scene. And I'm like, God, that's such a funny thing to do with that scene. With that moment, and so, so many great bits of him, just like I don't know, at Empire when he and Rican, who's the general, who's like I hate to lose you, Han, but if you gotta go, if you mm-hmm. Jabba Hutt's on your tail, you right, gotta right, go. Right, right. That's the guy that travels with Han as they're looking for Luke, and Han is just riffing on him the whole time. They hear the the Wampa, and Han's like, "What's that?" And he's just like, "Oh, yeah, we gotta get back to base. You don't want to deal with Wampas," and like just all these other gifts of. Man, yeah. you know, when I got to Episode Seven, and I was like, "Oh, AJ's gonna play him." Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, here we go. You know and. You know, at the, in episode nine, hey kid. You know, just, it was a lot of great. I was like, is he gonna play old Obi Wan too? And here he comes. He's doing. Now I'm gonna do what I did before in these other ones. I'm gonna be gruff now. It's like AJ, you I'm jerk. I'm actually curious because I didn't. Um, really good in Skywalker Saga. I haven't done the sequel trilogy yet. Who plays Kylo Ren? Um, I I recognized him from other stuff, and I imagine Kylo Ren fans being pissed because he kind of yeah, like there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of yeah. It's just Palpatine's daughter and granddaughter Vader's grandson fighting the Death Star 2. How cool is this? <laughs> just a lot of like yeah. fanboy moments because that's what I enjoy about Kylo is that mm-hmm. he does. Snoke even says that take off that helmet, you idiot. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of moments where they call out his aggression and his commitment and his 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 fandom really of yeah. Vader and all of the old times, which is so one of my favorite parts. Of Last Jedi when he's like, actually, <laughs> wait a minute. 
let's not do that. But shout out to Fred Tatashore, who does Hulk a lot, mm. who does Vader. He's he and and when I told Amanda, she's like, oh yeah, he does Vader. You didn't know he did Vader? I'm like, I did not. I didn't know that big fun guy. Really, really fun v- uh, voice actor. Cool. Shout out to Lando and Anthony Daniels who came back. I think they were the only original uh. ones. Um, shout out to old Leia. Leia and Luke were great. Old Leia was wow. You know, she really had that raspy, you know, mm. old Leia vibe and real like, you know. I was, for for the record, was not a fan of a lot of, like, it's Leia in Rise of Skywalker. I was like, what are you doing? You know, this is weird. It was like Sopranos. It's like, oh, let's get her for a couple more episodes. My my mom. I'm like, what? Uh, this is not working out. Um, and so, it's, again, having a lot of that played by the same actor through the whole story. Yeah. It was like, this is a parody, and yet, like, I promised myself I wouldn't yeah. I still, I It reminded me how much I loved it. Uh, I had, did not spend a lot of time with The Last Jedi and Skywalker soundtracks. Mm. And so there's a lot of, like, here's the hub area. And I'll explore it before the next mission. And like, nice track, John Williams. This is cool. Yeah. I never really like spent time listening to that theme. Or I remember after Force Awakens came out, and Williams was like, "I really like the Ray theme." And I'm like, John, I honestly, it, I couldn't sing it for you right now if I tried. <laughs> so I had to look up like, oh, that's the Ray theme. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't, I hadn't put my finger on it. Um, Ray a, theme is like fun, the, dun, 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 the the dun, one dun, track dun, I would come dun, back dun, to dun, repeatedly dun, from the yeah. For a, for a period of time, anyway, I come back to it from this. And episodes. clearly, like as 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 much as they stumbled through Rise of Skywalker, in my opinion, John Williams knew what he was doing. He, he brought some themes into that that were like, "I'm done, I'm out." <laughs> you know, like that, you, yes, yeah. it's such a celebration of his work. There's so many triumphant like Act Nine, you know, like pre-credit, you know, action sequence tracks. Stumble through is the perfect review of Rise of Skywalker. Like you almost don't even need to say anything else. Like that is such an accurate. <laughs> But like at the same time, like Kylo and her, like squaring off against the Emperor. Like there are moments where I get, uh, you know, yeah, I get, you know, f- you know, wrapped up in it, and they do such a good job of making fun of just this, the thing I have a problem with, but not in a way that makes me mad. But like when he, you're fighting Emperor, and he says one thing, he's like unlimited Sith, and this is funny. Like yeah. yes, that's how I feel about this weird dumb movie. It's like, but I also love Poe. I love Boba Frick. I love Boba Frick. Like I love these moments. They like you know. Take a moment we know you love and then just step right on it. Like, uh, yeah, when like C3PO goes Sith, he's like, I'm saying goodbye to all of my friends. Mm. And then starts waking out. So yeah. like, we know that moment was emotional for you. And so we are going to jump all over it because we love this too, but it deserves to, deserves to be made fun of. Yeah. As a, I'm a Star Wars fan, I have been my whole life. Make fun of Star Wars, please. Yes. Jones, that was incredibly passionate and insightful. A delight to listen to. Um, we did already talk about 14 um, quite a bit, and I'm, I'm going to make this short because I'm sure I'll have a lot more to say once I'm actually through it. Um, but I just kind of wanted to uh, give my impressions on Inwalker so far, and I, I want to do this especially because I came off, as, as I think everyone does, such a high from Shadowbringers, right? Like, your, your expectations couldn't be higher. And um, really, there's only a couple of things that I want to say so far about uh, still, it's still in the early sections of, of Endwalker, um, is I love Damiani. I, I think when you are like, this is the climax of our story, I love that Endwalker always kind of feels like it's aware of that so far in the storytelling. Um, like, you will be investigating two different paths, but there's the characters kind of always come back to, like, we need to deal with this group, we need to deal with this threat, like that threat and that danger feels like it's always looming in the background and they'll find some way of, of phrasing it, right? Whether it's just like a character that's like, oh man, like this is a small moment and we got to appreciate these because 
things are really bad right now. And I, I, I love that. I think when you have a long MMO expansion story, it would be very easy to be like, yeah, we, we have that threat. We established it in the beginning, and now we're running off doing things that don't matter at all. Like right. it, it feels like what you're doing is trying to figure out a way to stop that threat, right? Yeah, it's like the classic JRPG thing is like we established this like really serious threat. Yeah. No one has any idea how to deal with, so we got to go investigate and find out a way. And so many times I feel like a lot of games, the writing, it's just like, oh, we're just going to have like a convenient way. Like it doesn't feel yeah. earned. Right. Um, it's just convenience right. that solves it in the end. Whereas this, and uh, they've done it before, but as you said in in, in, in Endwalker, the where they're going off doesn't seem like completely aimless. It yeah. follows logic. It follows the characters' mannerisms and their own personalities, what they would be doing. And it, it just it, it feels I appreciate it so much that they're respecting your intelligence. Yes. That like we actually put some thought into the, like early game is always where it could be very weary because it's like, oh, it could mm -hmm. introduce maybe too many things, and you're overwhelmed, it could just be too boring. We're not where are we going with this? Right. And I think they Got it mostly right here with the pacing mm -hmm. and that the, the 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 drip of information. Like, oh, we're pulling back the curtain a little bit. You're you see where we're going with this? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And we're hinting out how we're going to solve this first problem. And like, same thing as how like it, they did in Shadowbringers. They do it again here. So yeah, I really appreciated the 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 early game in this and the, right. the opening of the the narrative as well. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's been it's it's funny because I feel like they kind of uh, uh, accomplish multiple things at once. So you you start in Charlian and it's you you learn you you talk about res respecting the player's intelligence. They do that to to a, to an insane degree, right? Like this isn't just a place that you're at. It's like you bef in short order you are going to learn about this place, right? You're going to learn about its culture. You're going to learn about why they do the things that they do. You're going to learn about what they study, why they study it, how they study it, right? And so it, it goes into, like, almost exhaustive detail. And so you're you're getting to learn, like, this isn't just... I think what's so neat about it and, it, and it can be, like, a little tedious. Sometimes it's like, all right, 14, I don't need to know, like, all of this, but at the same time... You come to appreciate it, right? Because Charlene doesn't just become this place where it's like, oh, this is just a place I go back to get to get a new quest, or this isn't just a place I go back to to repair my gear, or or, or something that I feel like in other MMOs it could functionally be. It's like, no, this this is a real place in this world that you're contextualizing, right? But you're not just doing it randomly again to kind of go back to that original point. It's like. We're here for a reason. We're here because this is the group that could maybe help us out of this catastrophic situation, right? And so, again, there's there's incredible purpose behind what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the scenes that I, I just experienced, and it's it's really interesting, kind of the peaks and valleys that you go to in in... 14 storytelling because you know just did the tower of zot right so that was a big dungeon and the, the the tower was really plaguing this land there's somebody that you care about that you interacted with earlier you go and you save them right and so it's a big climactic moment and then after that right one of my favorite scenes so far in the entire expansion is you just have this night where your your friends your fellow scions just kind of surprise you and they show up with food mm -hmm. and it's so wonderful and charming and I feel like everybody kind of gets a, a, a little bit to 
a chance to shine. And even somebody that isn't there gets a chance to shine. And the way that they make fun of him is just so likable. And it's like, at this point in the story, you know, you don't need me to, like, I already love these characters, but you're kind of finding new ways to um, make me like them even more. And what I think is, is, is amazing is like that dinner scene felt like perfectly natural. It really came across that like, these aren't, just characters that we're forcing into a friendly situation. These are characters that feel like you've spent the last 300 hours with them. Like the way that they're talking to each other is like deep friends. You That's know? another way I really appreciate the effort that goes into the writing and again, respecting the, the, the player is that they, they don't miss a beat with like, this is how characters would be acting. Mm -hmm. we've, we've set up these characters for so long, yeah. we don't ever do anything that, that makes you think like, oh, this was like phoned in or anything like that. And also like, shout outs to like, the voice director making sure that like, you know, and the, the performances because they also feel like they are just naturally like, interacting with each other like a group of friends. And like, their personalities are always like, like, what you've been led to believe is what you expect them to do in this situation. A lot of times it leads not just natural feeling moments, but like some of like that's why I think some of the co the comedic bits land so well is mm -hmm. because that's who they are. It's not right. forced. It's right. a, a lot of it is uh, not a lot of it. Almost all of it is earned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like it's just it's so cool returning to this place that that Alice and Alfino have such a history with right um in terms of their education in terms of their father and their mother and like seeing all of these things uh play out where it's like you've we've already spent so much time developing these characters but we really haven't gotten to see what like their upbringing was like firsthand and so again it's just it's just enriching these characters uh even further which is cool again it i like i could if anybody was like, I can't get into 14, it's like it, sometimes it's too dense. Like, even though I appreciate it and I do get a lot from it, I can understand if that, that hypothetical complaint, right? Because I was playing today. Um, I played like an hour, an hour and a half today. And I was like, I haven't fought anything the last hour, right? And not that you need to, mm -hmm. right? Not, not that there's like some demand or there needs to be an arbitrary number of battles. But there are just long stretches where it's like, you're going to be learning. You're going to be talking. You know, and so that just kind of comes, I think, uh, part and partial with the experience, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think it's just a. I mean, you could call it an acquired taste, but it's kind of like the formula they, yeah. they've been doing for a Absolutely. while. And like, yeah. I, I think by the time you get here, you know what to expect. Um, your point about like Alpha and Alice, though, like as much as it seems obvious, it was just nice to be reminded that they're still pretty much kids. Yes. Like yes. their mom and dad, their mom's worried about them. Their, 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 their dad, why is their dad being so stern and stuff? Like what's mm -hmm. their history? Like these two that have been like, kind of like leading the charge a little bit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're just, they're just kids. Like, man, like yep. they, they have the like, kid things too. It was like, whoa. I was like, all right. Yeah. Never. It's, it's been in my face, but never really thought in that way before. I'm like, thank you for like, Showing that they they are human, they are human, like the yeah, human, the, yeah the start their humanity, and and they have fun with it, and they they kind of flip things on their head, and and the, the example that I'm talking about is going into the school and having like Alphino be like a fucking rock star, and they're like, <laughs> oh my god, it's you, and Ali says, and like Ali say kind of takes a back seat, which is sort of the inverse of how things go, where Ali say is very, you know confident and 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 confrontational and kind of takes things on head on it was inter interesting to her being like yeah you know like i didn't even graduate 
with honors and Alfano is like being literally worshipped, <laughs> mobbed by uh, students in a, in a way that's like, very funny. Just those scenes. I'm assuming because you're already at Rods and Hun, you got past the yeah. the part with the Stinian in the beginning of when they arrive in Thavnir. Yes. And they, just in time, like the, the vendor merchant haggling scene with the Stinian where you find out how oh, gullible he is. Yes, yes, <laughs> like, yes. This is this badass dragoon right. warrior just never really does personal yes. skills and it's like, Wait, dude, do you not get your yeah. being had? Like, what? Like, yeah, no concept of, like, the value of money at all. Yeah. Oh, man, what an incredible, what an incredible game. All right, um, last thing we want to talk about, uh, and I'm not really sure what to expect, but you said, Brandon, that you had oh. some dad takes on sure. Elden Ring. Tired dad takes. Tired dad takes. Yeah. Okay, that was I'm an open was world fan. I have been playing Elden Ring. I would like to talk about Elden Ring. This will likely be my my last frame trap for quite a while. Yeah. I will be, probably be a guest on Frame Trap after my You're retirement. You're welcome anytime. The beginning of May, but uh, there was, you know I'm not going to stream Elden Ring. But um, huge open world fan, and so like, uh, yeah, I am so down with this, just with this whole concept of um, taking the game at my not necessarily leisure because it's not a very leisurely game, but uh, just exploring this in a way that I don't. I think one of the things that made me nervous about Souls and about Bloodborne, and I I loved Bloodborne so much that I searched for a lot of this, but like ledges that I didn't know I needed to top down one weird pixel place to get to some other thing that's actually like one of the coolest bosses, and you you missed it. Oh, you know, it's like what is it? Like there's so many things in the Souls series that were like on a dare or like a test to see. Like, did you do it? You didn't. Like, and of just finding something was there in the environment, Mm -hmm. Uh, and. I find myself, I naturally, in a Metroidvania, which I know is different from Souls, but in this kind of like interconnected web of an environment, I get a little stressed sometimes. Whereas that's why I love open world games, because it's just this like, I'm just kind of bleeding into the map. I'm, just, I'm going everywhere. Yeah. And it's neat to be pushed, you know, by an open world game in a way that I, I never have. Like, I can always just kind of navigate around something where there's just some way that you just get blocked in that game if you're just like, I super want to see what's over there, but um, this game is stopping me in a way game that, this game is stopping me in a way that most open world games don't. My tired dad take is I just immediately would turn stage left and then just yeah. go to try something else. That's the or right like, response. I once I like, got yeah. past like kind of the first, you know, real barrier into opening up like a new, a new map, mm-hmm. uh, it was fun to see the map come together because I was shown the map of Elden Ring by so many people, the full thing. And it wasn't spoilery at all because it's like, I just see gold circles, man. I don't even know what, like yeah. where these places go. And then now being like, ah, it's it's like learning a language. It's like learning math. Like there, there are things you can look at that just absolutely mean nothing. And then later you're like, yes, I, rem- I remember even Eiler used somebody pointing at an area that you said you had problems with. And now I'm like, oh wait, this is what they did when they played Jolly Co-op. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, it's super good. It's funny because I was, you know, I will not, I am retiring from ECLs and games journalism, but uh, it, it means I will not be back for Cody's, which means I will not give the, 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 the tearful, heartfelt salute to Horizon Forbidden West when Selden yeah. Ring probably comes in and cleaves every other game to just like walk away with that Cody. But um, need to have finished the story and reviewed Forbidden West and really just been blown away by so many things that game did and then just not barely even 10, 11 hours into Elden Ring and just like, I felt I could conquer Forbidden West and felt that I was like comfortable in a way because I'm like, yeah, this has got a structure to it that I'm just yeah. going to run through all the way to the end. 
Um, and even when we were talking about 14, there's kind of a comfortableness to it, a formula, yeah. like you were saying, mm-hmm. that they do to how mm-hmm. to expect the next hour, two, or three, what it's going to be like. Um, this is just a game that just laughs at your expectations. Even like having played, you know, Dark Souls, you know, uh, Demon Souls now, which I hadn't played before until the remake came out, and played Bloodborne like three times, I'm still just like, I, there's so many things so many item-focused stories people have told, so many things that I've seen of the game breaking and people just laughing and really loving it. <laughs> like it's, it's so often that games break in a way. It was really interesting playing the game now and going through a long period of time where I was like living in a hospital with my kid and then like experiencing people being so happy about this game and so confused about this game, seeing like Andrea Renee play it and be like, what am I doing? You know, like so many people were trying a FromSoft game for the first time. Um, yes. So they were, it's not a very specific, these are things that I've done because I don't think anybody really needs super hot takes on like the first 10 hours of Elden Ring. But um, uh, it it's fascinating knowing how much I know about Souls games and how much I love open world games. And you would think I would have a pretty good handle on like what to expect from that game, and yeah. still, just like I, this is this is fascinating. Like um, how that world introduces itself, and how that world. Um, if like my only weird take is that it's funny how good it is, and how much for, to, to compare it to Forbidden West, how much Forbidden West starts off and is like, this world's really interesting. All this interesting stuff is happening. And Elden Ring's like, what? Go. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, but how does the, you know, so many like screens come up. They're like, here's this, here's how this works. And it's like, this isn't f- fantastical at all. Mm-hmm. This is really just kind of A, B, C, D, E, F. Okay, now, now we'll go over there and we'll scare the shit out of you because you just won't, you don't know what to expect. And, mm-hmm. and you know, everything's going to catch you off guard. So very fun. Fun to, not many open world games are that mysterious and creepy, but cozy in a weird way and rewarding and, um, Going into retirement, it's going to be strange to play games like I'm reading a long book, you know, where I'm mm-hmm. not like, shit, it's embargo, Frame Trap's coming up, I should finish, I should get to Rise of Skywalker before Frame Trap, yeah. um, but really thinking, I'm just going to chip away at this thing, and it's like, I come to that time in my life, maybe one of the greatest chip away games of all time, Yeah, where it's just like, yeah, go anywhere, P- completely do a 180 from where you're at right now and come back later, you know, find that weird-ass weapon Blood just talked about on Twitter, um, so... Thank you, from Soft, and take your time on your next one because it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit. Yeah. Maybe if I, before Godies, I'll reach credits. <laughs> Hopefully, some some Elden Ring DLC. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, it is time for the Hotake. Um, and I gotta be honest, I this is a Hotake. Sometimes they come easy, and sometimes they come hard. And I was kind of struggling uh, to find a topic for the Otake. So this might be a quick one, but there's this new story where Xbox is hiring, uh, and they're, they're looking to hire someone to help even more with acquisitions. Uh, and Sony's (laughs) going to continue hiring people, uh, or or not hiring, of course, continue hiring people, acquiring, Sony said they want to acquire more things. Xbox is clearly seemingly looking like they want to acquire more things. And so I just kind of wanted to get your, your, your take on this now that we're, um, you know, both Sony and Microsoft have, have made some pretty massive purchases, uh, and so like, wh- how how is this going to manifest? Like, what does it? Do you do you care? You know, is this is this a, is a good thing or a bad thing? Do you have any worries? Um, I think it's a thing. I would wager is that 
it's a pretty insane task to to go through the process of like evaluating and figure out who you should like would be interested in acquiring and i imagine now that it seems like the, the they're definitely full speed ahead with it that they probably are finding out that like they can't evaluate things as like well as they want like they need more people so like i honestly think this is like going to lead to like an arms race or like go anything that far so i don't think it's gonna manifest in that way where like it's gonna accelerate things we're gonna see acquisition happening i think it's more about due diligence here it's like we just need more manpower to deal with these situations like these companies are huge we've seen what we've had to go through with these existing acquisitions it's like we could really use some help with this to make it go a little bit more smoothly and, sure. and to better evaluate who's a like good match for us and a good value because it does seem like there's a pretty long vetting process. They, like, I mean, it could just be buzzwords. They talk about like you know their va- like corporate values match up with ours right. and like it's addressing uh, a glaring need in our catalog. Like we're lacking like a shooter or an RPG or something, and like this studio will bring hmm. that talent. Are they even is that studio even interested in making those games? Because maybe they've made great entries in that type of uh, the genre before, but like oh they were planning to move on to something else, and like we bring them on, it's like keep cranking out those RPGs, like. We're kind of burnt out on that. We'd like like no, figuring out this type of stuff. I think is gonna be important. So I think this is just about getting ready for like what's to come. Like this, it, it, inevitably there's going to be more acquisitions. It's just I think they want to be smart about those things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna manifest in that when you see new acquisitions, it's gonna be like when it's explained out, it's gonna make sense because they're bringing in this new talent to 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 to. It's just part. It's just part of them expanding, essentially. But again, I don't see it as them accelerating right. the rate at which they're going to acquire yeah. like companies, both Sony and Microsoft. I imagine somebody being, you know, again, I'm sure people can call out names and be like, "Well, that's a person, and their their name is this." But like somebody who's in in a division where they're just largely responsible for growing the brand. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you just we we want to be bigger. We want to have more people on Game Pass. We want to have more companies, more games in development that are exclusive for the platform. More companies that, you know, we can control or get them to do lots of exciting things. And that person even just recognizing like this company's interesting. I want to explore them. And it's like, "Thank you for your insightful, you know, six-figure salary, you know, analysis on that, but you're not necessarily the person that needs to get on a plane and go hang out with that company for a week to find out how they operate. Let's have that be somebody else." Now that we've signed that person and they're coming in, we don't need you to hang out with HR and try to figure out how this company's going to run. So I wonder if there's like a lot of like busy work almost that like is slowing down Xbox a little more than and Sony probably for that sure. matter than maybe they predicted or was worth it and so they're like okay we, you know we want to bring some people in to help us scout help us you know do the paperwork help with the part that doesn't involve us being like Capcom would be nice like there's just a lot of obvious calls yeah and especially for Microsoft given that I don't think and they have a lot of money, but I just I I view Sony as making like the more exciting plays. Just maybe in the next like six months, I think there's like some big Sony name. It seems like everyone's like woo, you're like freaking out about who's it going to be. That's that seems to be more directed at Sony right now, from what I've seen. So I, if I were Microsoft, I would be like, these got to be really smart cuts. These are probably going to be companies where like what what did they do? And it's like mm-hmm. oh they did this. Well, what's their next game? We don't know. That's the thing. And like mm-hmm. oh, so Microsoft was excited about a project we don't even know about yet, and then we'll find out later. Like. Yes, that's what they were doing. Um, and that's tough. Like, that's, you know, if you're Microsoft and you found out some games, like, an idea, and it's like, okay, well, who's directing this? Is this happening? Is this, we can't have an abandoned situation. What's going on, right. you know? And so, something that might sound nice on paper, but you just need, you just need hours of time spent with a company to really know, like, this yeah. is cool. This is, these are yeah. smart people, and this is worth it. Activision um, jumping in on Destiny. Yeah. Um, companies are bought and sold and bought and sold and bought and sold. So, 
I, I want to make a comparison to um, superhero movies slash TV shows where not like all that long ago, I think like the very idea of them making a movie about Iron Man was like kind of crazy on its own, right? Yeah. And now it's like every month there's a TV show or a movie to watch, and that's that's really like not an exaggeration. Yeah. And I, I kind of feel very similarly about games. It's not that these things aren't good or that I don't enjoy them or I don't want to consume them. I, I do and am doing that. But it's like it's it's getting to the point where like every month you're going to resurrect some long dead franchise. Like there's going to be some remake. There's going to be some like crazy sequel. There's going to be some hot new indie game. Like it's like it's too much to process. And because there's so much to process – Everything just kind of, even like really cool things kind of feel like a little bit more disposable. You know what I mean? And it's just, I feel like with with these more acquisitions and, and more things getting resources, it's like, I, I was talking with Blood and I was like, oh man, it's like kind of nice that May is a little bit quieter because it just feels like that doesn't happen anymore. Like I, I, I just, there's like every month there's like... 1,000 things that I want to play that are all kind of going in, in completely different uh, directions. And I, I kind of, like, yearn for, like, a a time where, like, the industry felt just smaller in a way. And it's you feel bad saying that because there's so many cool things that are happening. I don't necessarily not want these things to happen. I just, I don't know, I, I feel like the celebration period even for all this stuff is, like, a week, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I I, I see that. I see what you're saying there. Um, it would be nice if this direction we're going into could lead into maybe a little bit more quality versus quantity that yeah. companies could afford to only put out like a handful of big titles a year and like every right. month wasn't crowded because, again, I'm with you. Like, yeah, there, there, we still want lots of games to have opportunities, but it would potentially give us a more time just to like breathe and like do yeah. other things because if you're always like just in games all the time it right. you said it loses some of that special feeling about mm -hmm. it but also it opens up windows for other game types of games to have a chance right. i mean try out different games or maybe that like weird game that like got buried because so many big releases are coming out it now it has its own month like it's oh it's coming out in like may like sh sure i'll like give it a try mm -hmm. i mean that used to be how it was right and it does feel like there's just too many games coming out and i understand more can be better because it's like you're getting more diversity but at the same time, I do feel like we're getting a lot of more of the same with like a lot of like the bigger games too. Yeah. So maybe the bigger games could like the frequency of their releases would scale back a little bit. Like mm -hmm. no more annual like I know they're not doing this, but like when we're in the annual Call of Duty, it's almost like the annual Assassin's Creed. Yeah. It's like that phase was like a little too much. Like we'd hit like peak like saturation. It's like all right, we've gone overboard. We've gone past the right. edge now. It's time to like reel it back in, like pull them back over and like let's slow down a little bit because it's just hard to appreciate some of those games when like you feel like I got a week to beat this and then I got to move on to the next big release and it's like the conversation just moves past so fast and you're like yeah. man remember when we had like a game come out and it was only a game for three months and like everyone talked about it for three months yeah. and stuff yeah. it's like yeah. those are rare events now man yeah yeah things are, things are just so splintered and like there's so many indie games that I think look incredible. I, I feel like a, an awesome new indie game is being released like every week, and it's just like I, I can. I, I feel like I only get to play so precious few of them, uh, a lot of times. Um, yeah. yeah. Things also for me. I think one thing I'm. I'm. I. It's funny when Twitter 
will like be like, look at the Xbox people fighting. Now look at the Sony people fighting. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited about both of these platforms. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting when people see like you know Xbox fans are like, ah, Starfield. And I'm like, why are they talking about Star? Oh, right. <laughs> you know, like right. It's not Starfield and Xbox. Don't. <laughs> you know, it's like I know that on yeah. paper that they yes, because that's on there because of the money. But it's not, I don't think, gosh, Starfield, that's so Xbox. You know, it's like, so it's yet to kind of have that identity with a lot of these new franchises. Maybe just that'll happen over time. But all these acquisitions, it's like, that's going to take time for me to really, you know, start to think, like, yeah, Sony owns Insomniac, but I already kind of made that, you know, that mental leap before that happened. And so I, 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 it'd be nice once all of this dust is cleared over the, the great acquisition era of 2021, 2022. Um, that a lot of this makes sense. So we really look at kind of the big catalogs from these companies and go, yeah, yeah, that seems like it fits their vision and not just, say yeah, the price was right. And, mm -hmm. you know, we hired a person to do it, so we might as well spend that money. Um, those are my hopes for these new people being hired. Hope it makes sense. It, It's, like, crazy to me that the first Halo game, like, core Halo game in what feels like, what, seven years feels like it's already over. And it yeah. seemed like everyone kind of liked this one, but it feels like it's already over. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I feel like like Halo 3, right? You, you play it for years, right? <laughs> and it just, it just, yeah, it feels like the, 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 the appreciation period for this. And, like, I, I really loved Halo Infinite, and I'm not, like, right. you know, it changes you as well. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, like, even among people that really, like, Video games, it feels like everybody's kind of playing a different thing, right? Like, oh, I feel like sure. like yeah. Huber can be off in his corner playing Fortnite, and it's like, I'm off in my corner playing Dead by Daylight, and it's just like, there's, I would, yeah. I was just going to play Dead by Daylight. Something yeah. like Dead by Daylight, right. which is like, you know, I don't need another game, you know? Like, right. So, you know, and so, yeah, it just, it, it, it needs to make sense, I think, with brand synergy. If you feel the need to own these companies, it's like, wow, what did you really get for that? There's a lot of money being spent, and so it's just kind of tricky. When that, it's not that obvious. Like, I'm excited about what Microsoft's doing with Bethesda, just because boy, do they spend a lot of money on that. And it's just yeah. fun to be like, yeah, go. You know, that's crazy. It might not all work out, but wow, you're taking a huge risk here, and you obviously have big plans. And we'll see. It's just not. Um, it's tough to make that look like a plan. You know, to right. make it look like, yeah, we're not just. It's not Monopoly where we're like, ah. You know, it's like so you gotta you gotta build hotels at some point, man. So the, the, you have to have synergies here, or it makes sense, or. I I think that's kind of the the thing that I appreciate most about Elden Ring, and, and like even now it feels like it's waning a little bit, but it felt like that game kind of took hold, mm -hmm. and and it, it felt like something where like everybody was kind of talking about, it, everybody's kind of appreciating. It. it felt like it kind of got to blossom longer than I think a lot of games get to, and like with these acquisitions, right, with all of these things that that Microsoft is buying up and Sony is buying up, it's like I want these to like mean something. I I don't want like yeah. Them to buy them up, there to be all this hype. The game comes out, people talk about it for a week, and then just forget it. You know, like I want Starfield to make a huge difference. I want people talking about Starfield for months. You know, yeah. that would be that'd be awesome. I hope that happens. It's just crazy about Elden Ring is that it had a pedigree, but it was a brand new IP. It had all this confidence going into it, but few people had played it. Yeah, you know, and and it was it was something where everyone was like, "This is going to be excellent." I'm taking the entire week off of work. And then hour one, you go in and you're like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I have no idea. Whereas, yeah. like, so many other friends, Halo, you'd be like, okay, well, I at least know a handful of these characters, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like every FromSoft game is like, all right, yeah. <laughs> just, you know, we'll I mean, see. I just know it's going to land because, you know, they have Halo's tripped up, you know, a lot more than 
from software has, yeah. or, or the developers, whatever. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's why Elden Ring did take off, because I, I genuinely feel like when I boot up that game, I have no idea what's going to happen. And uh, yeah. Maybe that's the, the secret, right? I'm a big fan of a hunched-over mini-boss. I'm just like, am I looking at its back? What is that? Oh, it's standing up. Oh, here it comes. Okay, well... That yeah. killed me fast. I, I love just like wandering, and then it's like, oh, oh, I'm fight, oh, I'm fighting a boss now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are we ready for some emails? Sure. Yes. Good energy today, gentlemen. <clears throat> um, first email comes in from Jared. He says, "Hey, Ben and fellow allies, um, this isn't really a question as much of an update on your conversation recently around the Steam Deck. I was lucky enough to get my hands on one a week ago, and this thing is a beast. I'm absolutely loving it so far. I'm new to the Steam ecosystem, as I've typically only been a console gamer up to this point. I've got my emulators up and running, xCloud runs great, uh, and have been jumping into all sorts of different games I've somehow never played, such as Portal. The only minor gripe is running out of storage fairly quickly, but honestly it's not too huge of an issue as I've got mostly smaller titles downloaded. I'm genuinely curious how much Valve will iterate on this over time. It appears it's going to be a big success. If you're on the fence about getting a Steam Deck and you love retro gaming, don't sleep on this thing. Do you think this will potentially bring Sony or Microsoft or anyone else into the portable gaming space? Or do you think it's going to be just Valve and Nintendo as the only heavy hitters for this foreseeable future? That. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft will have its services on every device. So, I mean, that's right. probably the extent that they're going to push that. I don't see Sony getting back into handheld anytime soon. I, I just feel like... Why would you prioritize a dedicated gaming handheld when you could just stream games to yeah, your phone? You know, I, I, yeah, I, I do think this is something that Valve just found the a good market for. I mean, Nintendo showed there there was market for handheld still; they always have, right. but there was demand for a high end handheld, right. and they did it, and they did it well. And it's also the brand name and Steam, the Steam name, like those two things. Anyone else? Others have tried, and they have not found the success that Steam Deck has. It's strictly because it's Valve and, and the name Steam, and right. having all these games on here, and then like people talking about like showing, oh, I can run all these emulators and stuff, and like I can run like Nintendo stuff, and it's like, uh, no, no, but yeah. no one cares. Like too late, you know. Right. Put that genie back in the bottle. So yeah, I can see why it's very popular and. Valve would be, you know, crazy not to like iterate on on some point. I just don't think this is the direction Microsoft and or Sony have any intention in going. I agree. It's one of the first consoles ever released that didn't have a launch lineup because <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Steam, yeah. You know, like, come Steam, on. Yeah. Like we booted up the Switch and it was like, God, this thing is pretty and wow, you know, these games are great. But like, what is this eShop gonna be like? You know, you just don't know what the, the storefront's gonna be, what functionality it's gonna have, and it's like Steam's good. Yeah, <laughs> good games, a lot of them. You know, even like I'm a big Plants vs Zombies fan. There's so many dumb indie games I would probably play before any big thing. You yeah, know? for sure. It's like yeah, I downloaded 30 of these. You know, just like oh sure, I'll play some something. Uh, uh, I almost brought this if I put more time into it. Royal Frontier, I think it's on Steam. Six bucks, hmm. seven bucks, six ninety nine. Huber recommended it. Um, uh, it's kind of roguelite, you know, you just go on a path and just, you got a mage, a warrior, and ranged, and you just keep fighting classic turn-based stuff. Oh, you all died. Okay, try again, and cool. now you have more buffs and stuff. But it's, like, so perfect for the Steam Deck. It's yeah. so just to have a, you know, very minimal control. It can, it's not going to, you know, stress the battery. Um, yeah. I don't need the Steam Deck, but holy cow, if I had one, I would... Yeah. I would hug I, it. I'd hug it tight. <laughs> I I adore Steam. Like Steam as a platform is probably my favorite out of 
any of them. Um, and reading this email, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I love this enthusiasm the person is, is giving to the Steam Deck. I have no idea when mine is going to ship. But the thing that I'm worried about is Valve has a tendency to introduce some pretty cool things or at the very least like interesting ideas and then <laughs> just drop them forever. Um, and so I, I think that that is the thing that, that worries me is the long-term commitment. Valve as a company seems like it can and will go in whatever weird direction it wants at the drop of a hat. And so, uh, like, you talk about iterations, and I think that that would be really cool. I just have no idea if or when that is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the index is, like, a shot in the arm, just how much they've supported that, mm-hmm. you know, just in terms of, like, they haven't done that before, and that's a that's a slick machine, and they've supported it, so. Yeah, they have supported it, but even that feels like it's something that's kind of faded into the background. Um, but it feels like them really wanting to be there, you mm-hmm. know, just like Meta. It's like mm, VR, you know, like right. you see those companies that just are so focused on it and like, whoa, like I, the Steam Deck, I still kind of don't believe. I've never really, like, I've only seen a couple in the wild, but like, or seen them physically. But um, it's just crazy that they actually made it happen, that they yeah. cared about that so much. So it seems like something I could imagine a lot of Valve internal people being like, I just wanted this, <laughs> you know, so that's why that created a lot of the momentum for it to happen. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, like 64 games on, on the Switch for a long time. We're like, eh, we'll get there. You know, yeah. it's like, there's just no need right now. It's, it's just kind of crazy because I, I bet there, there are things that Valve has done that seemed kind of big at the time that you, like, don't even remember happening, like Steam machines. Like, do you remember that that was a thing? There's a Steam controller. There's yeah. a Steam Link. Like, there's they've, yeah, they've definitely done done a lot of things that have just kind of died in a weird way. Um. Second email comes in from Danny. Uh, I think this one's very interesting. Um, Danny asks, uh, I'm somebody that really enjoys fighting games but rarely plays them outside of the single-player campaigns. Normally I'll fire them up at parties just to show off the cool characters and mechanics. DNF Duel is coming soon and looks amazing. However, I'm stuck wondering why we don't just add these characters to Guilty Gear Strive instead or go for a Smash Ultimate sort of situation. Maybe the hardcore fighting community disagrees and prefers new titles every year, but I feel like it would be a lot more convincing to invest in a game that looks this good with solid mechanics and a huge and growing roster. Your thoughts? To help me clarify it, to understand this. Absolutely. Are they suggesting that why doesn't something like that become like a platform where this gets like continuously updated or because you said like yearly iterative updates? So what or, they're saying yeah. is DNF Duel is coming out. They mm-hmm. think it looks really good. But rather than like make this its own game, why not take these characters and add it to something like Guilty Gear Strive to just expand its roster and have it be be bigger like rather than having a- they're trying something different and new and unique right 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 well i mean okay the obvious thing is like yeah you want to get like different types of fighting games out there right. i imagine it plays has something unique about it right I'm not that's the, that's actually the one. answer yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're touching on i it. mean you have to, yeah you have two options you, you do this and you like you keep that i think that's what pretty much any fighting game enthusiast appreciates is being wowed by some kind of new system or mechanic that's like right. that really hasn't been done for or it's been done for but hasn't been done in this way or it's right. been so long and it's making a comeback mm-hmm. whereas like if you just like put it into an existing game it's like it's just cool character designs but they're already in an existing fighting game system and it's like are they really going to shake it up enough that right. like the new release would do yeah no you're taking the words right out uh-huh. of my mouth um yeah, so th- I think the real answer, and Arc System Works has done a good job of this, is yes, you could add these characters to, you, like, theoretically, right? You could maybe add these, even though it's a completely different 
franchise and property, that's the other thing, oh, right? Yeah. It's like okay. it's like these these characters don't exist in the lore <laughs> of Guilty Gear, so you'd have to try to justify that. Um, but if you like take these characters and put them in Guilty Gear Strive, then you have to be like, okay, well, how do they make sense with these mechanics, right? Whereas DNF Duel, you don't have to justify them from a lore perspective and in in, in the sense of Guilty Gear, and you can make this a me- mechanically unique game. I think that that's something, like I said, Arc System Horse has done really, really well, is, like, Grand Blue, like, is different than... All the, like, yes, there are similarities you can draw, but it is a mechanically distinct game. Like, Cross Tag Battle is a mechanically distinct game. Guilty Gear Strive is a mechanically distinct game, and they're kind of, like, all fun in, like, their own... I haven't played DNF Duel yet, just going off you know, impressions and, and assumptions here. Like, that's part of the joy is that they can kind of be their own weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you brought up the other thing about, like, they're not, they weren't, they're not part of the same company or universe. Like, right. just licensing issues. One of the biggest things you can dread is, like, yeah. timed timed sure. ca- content that's, like, it's on there, but the license is renewed. Guess what? If you didn't buy them, you can't get those characters anymore. Like, yeah. that, that that's, like, the nightmare. Like, you'd, re- like... And if you can't keep re-upping that, then like might as well just like let them make their own game because yep. that that I hate that type of stuff. Well, and licenses can get really weird from my understanding, where it's like, okay, we're okay with you making a game where they fight each other, but we don't want them to fight those guys, you know. Uh yeah. I, I, I I don't know. I just feel like licenses can get strange in that way. Yeah. It it does surprise me though that nobody's done the Smash Ultimate approach from the fighting game scene mm-hmm. you know it's like you have a company like nickelodeon that's like spongebob the fighting game character you like right and it granted those are like more, you know, more party games and fighting games but um it's interesting nobody's even like kind of taking a stab at it you know we're like yeah like, like mortal kombat 9 like when it was just called mortal kombat like granted they're not doing the same thing with those characters but something like a street fighter or mortal kombat i'm surprised i wonder if street fighter 6 is the one that hasn't come out which has the yeah. dumb logo um <laughs> if I don't know if there's still space to do this, but right. uh, to, to would you be as excited as a Street Fighter fan if part of the allure of Six was every single Street Fighter character you've ever known through the history of Street Fighter is going to be in the game on launch day? You're like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, like, like, holy shit, that would be like, <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, don't, I don't know the extent um, the, the extent of that, but it's something I wonder. It's like, well, that's exciting to me if I think of all the Smash weird Smash multiple characters yeah. all just jumping around each other. Street Fighter it doesn't excite me that much because I'm still only going to gravitate toward my favorites. Sure, I don't know. I don't know if that marketability like can have the same kind of pizzazz. Well, in, Street, in any Street Fighter franchise. is is so sprawling at this point that it is kind of like its own celebration. It's so, like there are it's it, its history is so long there are so many characters to pull from. I actually think that's something Street Fighter Five did well is when they did a DLC season, it's like, I don't know where we're gonna go. We're like, we're probably gonna get somebody from Street Fighter Two, we're probably gonna get somebody from Street Fighter Three, we might get a new character, we might get an alpha character, right? And so Street Fighter Five actually did do a very good job of kind of pulling from across uh Street Fighter history in a really good way. But, like, what you're talking about, I think kind of that's what Marvel vs. Capcom was at its best, where oh, it was Ugh. kind of, like, pulling from oh, yeah. all over the Marvel Universe, all over the Capcom Universe. That's why people want, 
like a Capcom All-Stars game where it's like oh anybody from Capcom could be in no. this. Yeah. I yeah, got into Marvel vs. Cool. Capcom 2 because I like Cyclops, period. Yeah. You know, yeah. I liked a lot of other, you know, yeah. Street Fighter and Capcom characters and liked a lot of other Marvel characters, but like that that was like one of some of the best Cyclops action in yeah. gaming. You know, regarding mm -hmm. like X-Men Legends, you know, like anything out of the, 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 you know, weird mobile games I play and stuff. Like, God, that was so much fun. His just, he had an attack that just turned the whole screen red, man. Just yeah. the whole thing. Everybody vanished in this giant, you know, red cannon. Um, so yeah, I wonder even something like uh, Streets of Rage, where you could play as the old pixelated weird characters, yeah. but on the new maps, mm -hmm. be kind of fun to be like Street Fighter Two Turbo Guile versus Street Fighter Five Guile, mm -hmm. you know, and like there they are. I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm so naive when thinking about all of this, but it's just you know, per the question, it's something I've I've observed that Smash has done, being bad at Smash and Street Fighter. Yeah, it's something I've wondered. Yeah, no, Smash, Smash is definitely. I mean, particularly Smash Ultimate, I think has been kind of the craziest in terms of. Just not only breadth within Nintendo, but across right. so many other companies and things as well. Yeah. Like, um, there is Capcom versus SNK, and I do definitely yes. think we're going to get some more Capcom SNK crossovers. There's Tatsunoko coming. versus Capcom. There's Tatsunoko <laughs> versus Capcom. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really speak to ta like no, it's, it's cool. A, I can't really speak to Tatsunoko. a lot of robots in that, that world that, that or game something. Had a, a funny <laughs> other nickname when it came out among oh. some people in the fighting game community. Oh my! It's Capcom versus who the hell? Are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that's like painful to not people gonna, who actually know what. Not gonna pick this character about anymore. With, with yeah, um, uh, Brandon, you're gonna like this last one. Yeah. Um, our last email comes in from Andrew. Hey, allies with Gotham Knights on the horizon and the Batman having just come out. Yes. Got me thinking about dream Batman games. I absolutely love the Arkham games and think what Rocksteady did with Batman is excellent. So with a new game, I'd love to see a new take on it. Maybe Batman mixed with Persona where it has a day-night cycle where you can choose what to do as Bruce Wayne during the oh day and then going on the prowl at night as Batman uh, or a stealth-heavy Hitman-style game. Uh, with Gotham full of people and having to plan out our attacks on villains as Batman. What kind of cool Batman ideas would you like to see in a new Batman game? What is your dream Batman game? Love and respect, Andrew. My dream Batman game is the game that never stops. It's just Gotham, and there's a bunch of villains, and they break out when they want to, and you gotta go stop them, and it's just you're Batman all the time. You know, that's I hope dream. that's what it's called, Batman all the time. Yeah. You, yeah. you log in, and you're like, okay, all right, I almost got this last riddle figured out, and then I'll get Riddler back in, and maybe you get like an achievement if you get them all in Arkham at the same time. And I think then you that's go why you were in. so excited about the Avengers game, like like yeah. what it's trying to do, right? Yeah, Where and you yeah. like check in Alfred when you first sign in, it's like, uh... Penguin broke out. And you're like, no, <laughs> Penguin, no. What's he doing? Again. And it's like, we don't know. He hasn't done anything yet. So you're like, do I wait around? Do I follow Penguin and get clues to try to get him before Riddler? Because Riddler's always, ah, you know. And you actually, like, confront those things. It'd also be fun to have, like, an Alfred tactical game where you have, like, all of Gotham and you have Batman and Robin and Batgirl and Nightwing. And you can tell them to go do stuff, but you have to pick. It's like, you know how RPGs will have, like, you can send someone on this mission and it'll take f 10 minutes for them to finish the mission. And based on their skill level, I'll give you the chances that just that character could complete it. Or you can fill out the squad with some lower characters to get to that 100% mm -hmm. guarantee like XCOM and then, okay, go. And then 10 minutes later, they come back and you get rewards and stuff. If you're like, oh, Two-Face robbed that bank, I think Batman can take it. And you mm -hmm. send Batman and he's like, no, he got away actually because I only had 89% chance of you know completing mm -hmm. it. Like, oh shit, uh, maybe I should send somebody more or Superman can help? Oh, can you help with this one thing? I don't, it'd be fun to like 
tactically look at Gotham from a super eagle eye view and see all of it going cool. at the same time. And yeah. what are the cops up to? Maybe I'll call Gordon and the cops can fix this or what, you know. Be interesting to see how all that ticks. You're just Alfred. You're just, you know, at back of the Batcave. Don't, no fisticuffs from you. You're too old. That's right, Alfred. Um, I think it'd be cool if they leaned very heavy into the detective aspect of it where you basically have to figure out where which villain and when they're going to strike next. Mm -hmm. And so you start off with like a scene where it's like you've got clues and you got to do like the Batman detective work yeah. and you can work like you know talk to people, get clues. Arkham City kind of does this. So yeah. it's going a little bit further. Yeah, it's basically taking that and like pushing it to like you have the city of Gotham. You can really explore it, but it's like at this day, at this time, Riller is planned like this over here. And if you neglect it, it's yeah. just going to happen. Yeah. You're going to fail as Batman. Like, the police are going to be like, well, you're not, like, good at Batman. Like, the heat will turn up for you because, like, hey, you're not really helping out and stuff. But by following leads and, like, actually investigating, looking at clues, you can determine the location, time, and when. But then that's what opens the next phase of the game where it's like you got to, like, canvas the building. Like, all right, let's scout it. Like, what does Batman need to do prep work-wise? And then go back to the Batcave. It's like, I'm going to need these devices to tackle this. Like, I saw, like, a tripwire here or, like, a trap here. And it's like, all right, you need this gear. You need that. And, like, you got to, like, plan. It's, like, kind of like a heist almost reverse heist where you got to make an incursion and safely, like, stop the crime or stop the villain. And mm -hmm. it's going to invite, like, you know, you know, stealth. It's going to involve, like, deactivating traps, like, maybe saving hostages, but also, like, combat. Like, you're going to come, like, either you want to take them out stealth or maybe you trip something. Okay, you got to adapt on the fly. It's like you're Batman. Like, you have to, like, be smart like Batman. So yeah. it's not like you can't just go in there, like, fisticuffs, like, ah, yeah, I'm going to beat right. everyone up. Like, Assassin's Creed games, like, you're just a stealth assassin, the old ones. Like, I'm just going to walk into a town and start killing everybody and never, no one can stop me because I'm good enough at the combat system. It's like, no, you do that. People die, you fail. Oh, maybe you caught Riddler, but, like, 10 hostages died. So yeah. it's like, you're screwed. And, like, it ruins your rep or something. So, like, it just makes you harder to operate to a point like the game over is, like, they just want you out of like Gotham, man. Ruins like you, you failed. Rep. Yeah. Love it. Um Brandon, there's there's two comic books that I want to give you. Um, just because I thought they were so fascinating. They're both DC comics, and, and one of them is like this this collection of Valentine's Day stories. It's like a big Valentine's Day issue. Nice. And one of them, one of the stories is uh, from Alfred's perspective. Yeah. And he kind of talks about like this is why I enjoy doing what I'm doing. Like I've lived my life in service, but here's like what I've gotten out of it. And, and you kind of, you see, there's like a, a, there's panels where it's like, oh, now this Robin is coming in and now this Robin, and it's like Alfred waiting by the door, like through the years, but it's a really fascinating perspective. And I think you would get a lot out of it. The other one that I like is there's this Batman and Catwoman like holiday perspective or uh, story, it's it's centered around Christmas and like each new thing is like it's Christmas Day in this period in Batman and Catwoman's life, and then it's Christmas Day in this period in Batman and Catwoman's life, and it's actually really touching, um, just kind of seeing their relationship evolve and then like them evolve as people and how they change is like once they have kids and and all this stuff, but really good stories um, that I, I remind me and I like want to. 
bring them to give you. But well, I love um, I, I love the permanence you're talking about, Damiani. I love that you got make those card calls. You can't do it all, like and almost even like in a roguelike sense, where like a new game plus, it's like okay, now you have more information. Now you can maybe save Gotham, but not on the first pass. It's yeah. almost impossible. Like yeah. stuff, bad stuff is gonna happen. Catwoman's like, I'll help, and you're like, do I really trust Catwoman right now? Right, like. Um, maybe you can even lose a Robin. Like Nightwing can die oh, in your campaign. You know, like and you yeah. and you got to deal Hell with yeah. that. It'd be fun if like you know, uh, Penguin's <laughs> getting away, and so he like uh, out comes Solomon Grundy out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, I got to fight Grundy. And in the back, you see like Penguin escaping the helicopter, and you're like, Grundy, screw you, I'm gonna go get Penguin, and you can just just skip that fight. But now Grundy's roaming around, and so do you want to do the next mission or go back and get Grundy because he just let him go? Yeah. Like I yeah, want making I want those calls would be so cool. Batman to get jaded about it, or he's like, ah, damn it, another Robin's gone. Like just like <laughs> so bitter about it. Um, That's your game over. Is he lost three? Grinding minutes. in the cave, you know, doing those challenges for XP so you can get back on the streets. I th- I think we've been Training. blessed to have the Arkham games and and to have kind of like Batman in his own world. Uh, be really effective. Honestly, I I just want like that quality, but mm. the entire Justice League. Like, oh, and I, yeah. I want I want like I want you to like go on a mission, but you kind of have to decide because the, the Justice League like they have different ideas about how to deal with things, and I want that to kind of be a focus where it's like, okay, Batman wants to do this, and Superman wants to do this. Like, who are you going to decide, and that will determine who you play and like how the mission obviously this is an incredibly ambitious game that's probably impossible to make but i i would love that if we're talking like dream games and being like okay well on this next playthrough like i'm gonna side with hawk girl and like what happens there or you know just whatever but all of the just something to think about rocksteady all the garkham games that they made all seemed like oh this is kind of fun but like I just love Batman, and so I'm excited to play this game because they make fun worlds. And then, yeah. like, when I got to the end of all those campaigns, I was like, damn, they did some cool stuff that I didn't. Yeah. Whoa, that character came back, and I was not expecting that. Well, I got a little misty in that one, you know, like, Oracle moment. You know, like, there was some heavy, heavy stuff in there that I'd never seen in Batman. So it's crazy going into Suicide Squad, where there's like, hey, yeah, Suicide Squad, no big deal. And it's like, well, wait, you're talking about killing these characters. Where right. What's going to happen in this game? So, like, I I don't know. It'd be neat, you know, yeah. if, you, if, like, at the end of that, you see Superman do some crazy stuff you've never seen him do in a video game, or they got to make some calls, or Batman comes in. I don't know. Could, I, I look forward to being surprised. I think that's, like, hopefully what they're setting up, is Rocksteady's like, you haven't seen 80% of this game. What oh, the, yeah. The crazy stuff we're doing. So I, dude, I, Some of these dreams could still come true. Dude, if, I, I if have... my imagination is to be believed. <laughs> I think Suicide Squad could be, like, game of the year good yeah. easily. I'd, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for it. I hope Gotham Knights is good. Yeah, God, I hope Gotham Knights is fun. I just want Gotham fun. Knights. I just want. God, hey, it. I hope yeah. Gotham Knights works. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's not something where right. like, yes. where like Same there's yes. some weird glitch. It's like, works. oh, in the first week it didn't work, but now it does, and we're like, you missed it. You had a week, yeah. and that was your week, yeah. and it no. didn't work. That's that's how things go now. Like, like you like, gotta be good out the gate. Huber and I trying to co-op in that game and not being able to would be the sad. Oh man, yeah. I've seen some sad things the last couple months. Battle. Yeah. That'll be hard to forgive. Also, give us a Batman Beyond game. Yeah. Give, uh, what an easy open world stylistically to make run yeah. super fast. You know, like yep. you can make that world just a bunch of blue shades and yellow lines, and you did it. I, I can imagine <laughs> like a Batman Beyond game having like the most goodwill. Like even if it wasn't yeah. like that great, people just being so happy that it exists, yeah. and like the fact that they can play it, they'd be like, "Yeah, I 
it's I love it. You know, like even if it wasn't the yeah. best game, like this new villain they made for the game is great. No, that was on the show. You're yeah. like, oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Yeah, I was in like two episodes. Yeah. Like, Whatever, you know, the eyeball guy. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, fun show. Played all the way to Return of the Joker. Go all the way, baby. That Return movie. of the Joker is a fantastic oh. movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it in quite a long time. Oh. Uh, if, if you only saw the non-director's cut, make sure you watch the the uncut version of Return of the Joker. I didn't. I don't know if I realized that there was an uncut. Then you version. probably okay. saw the the OG where okay. they they sugarcoated a lot of that. I mean, it was pretty fucked up. It was. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, it ju- and it's not like it's properly fucked up. It, yeah. They just they there's a couple things in that end that you're like, oh, I see what WB super didn't want to do. Okay. But Paul Dini was like, yo, I worked with these characters for like a decade. Please yeah. let me do this. Yeah. And they were like, too scary. And he's like, it, it's Batman. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. That movie. That movie is one of my favorite Joker lines of all time. Ah, what the hell? I'll laugh anyway. Ah, like, oof. I will break you. I gotta put that on the queue. Is that on? I wonder if that's on HBO Max. Probably. Sure. I think the uncut is on. I think it's called uncut. It, there'll be okay. something in the title. Director's cut or uncut or R-rated. I don't know. Whatever. Put it on the list immediately. That's gonna do it for Frame Trap. Thank you so so much to yeah. Michael Damian. Can I say Jones. one last thing, Ben? Yes. Moore? Because I don't know when we be back on Frame Trap. Yes. You know what I thought of the other day? What's that? Just played. You remember Just Played? I do. Back at Game Trailers? Yeah, it was really fun. I was going through, thank you for saying that, because I was going through memories of Game Trailers and Easy Allies, and I was like, oh yeah, Just Played. And then I'm like, what were we thinking? I remember like not liking the name or the logo. I remember like Blood and I trying to, you know, like think of like, we want to have an impressions thing. I remember doing a lot of weird like Zoom calls with Andrea Renee. Like, I just remembered a lot of it being awkward and, and not really earning that much, and really kind of like looking at the whole concept of like, how do we just talk about the games that we're playing? And the whole time you're like, I have an idea. <laughs> you know, like, we make a podcast, it would be fun. And like for yeah. so many reasons, it just like was not we were not able to do it at Defy. It just wasn't the right time. Like Blood and I were, you know, overworked in a lot of ways because we'd never done like done like these jobs before. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Ben. Thank you for this podcast, man. I know we've done so many episodes of this, but it's just like looking back at us fumbling around with the idea of like, let's make a short video for everything. You're right. We still do impressions and preview coverage. There's still time to ramp. Right at the end of the video for the update, laptop to need an update. But uh, this is just the perfect way to do this. It's just mm. the, the perfect amount of time to sit and talk about stuff. I have not played anything past Realm Reborn, but gosh, I loved that. Being yeah. around for that conversation and adding my two cents. and um, It's just a good time. Good good show there, Ben. Thank you. Um, that means a lot. Uh, honestly, like the, the gestation period of Frame Trap was incredibly frustrating, not because like people were like – uh, like mean, they weren't. No one was mean. But you ever have those moments in your life where you're like, "This isn't gonna make sense until it happens." But trust me, like I, I see you, you. Like you see the thing in your mind, and like I know it can work. Uh, and that was definitely like the start of Frame Trap. And I did. I do think it took a while to to get there, but it's been like really nice that it's been able to like exist and and kind of like build up its audience and, and be consistent over a number of years. So I'm, I'm genuinely grateful for that. And like, it, that's not just me. Like that's all the allies. Like this, this yep. show is by no means uh, just a Ben Moore thing, but I like, I, so I appreciate everybody coming on and bringing the energy and being passionate and allowing this thing to, you know, reach its potential. Talk so. about Dr. Strange Batman. Yeah. There's some energy there right go. there. Let's no, go. Like your, your Lego Star Wars thing where I was like, I, I was so happy that I got to talk about this and, and give my thing. But like seeing your passion just roll off of that was awesome. And of course, Samiani with 14, you know, I, I love that stuff. So 
Thank you both, and thank you to the audience so much. If you want to send an email to Frame Trap, the address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time.